One fateful day, I get pulled over to the side by my trainers, Pat Buck and Brian Myers. And they, yeah, they're good guys. They're good guys. And they say, kid, congrats, your hard work's paid off. We got you WWE extra work. And then, me and the extras, we were all put together, and we were then greeted and spoken to by none other than Sir William Regal. And you brought me to a separate room where it was just the two of us, and you said, kid, you got three minutes to sell yourself to me. Go. And boy, did I. And by the time I was done talking, your jaw was on the floor, wasn't it? And then you picked it up, and I'll never forget what you said to me. You said, kid, kid, I'm sorry, but you're much too young. And in that fell swoop, my heart stopped, but then you resuscitated me with your version of hope. You said to me, kid, I don't like to put my name on many people, but when I do, they get jobs here. The list is small, but the list is as follows. Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, and Cincinnati's own John Moxley. And kid, here's what I want. I see something in you. When you become of age, I will personally put my name on you. But until then, I want you to go home. I want you to work your ass off. And every single month, I want you to send me a match and a promo. So I went home, didn't I, Will? And I busted my ass. Month one, you respond to me, Maxwell. Thank you so much. I look forward to reviewing your progress. Month two, Maxwell. Thank you so much. I look forward to reviewing your progress. Then month three came along, didn't it, Will? Month three came along. When you told me to send you a match and a promo every month, month three comes along, and you send me a promo that I have saved to my phone to this day. You send me a promo. Smirk all you want, you son of a bitch. You send me a promo. You send me a promo that I have read every single day since. Let me read it to you here today live. Here's the email you sent me. Max, I'm a very, very busy man. I've got talent from all over the world to watch, and I've just had to sit for minutes watching you, and you put this in quotations, show me your acting skills. Do not reply to this, but how would this make me say, oh, I know, let's hire Max. Make a name for yourself in the wrestling world and you'll get noticed. That means being a high-level performer. When you do, trust me, I'll know. Unfortunately for you, the game has changed. The WWE exclusively hires the best talent in the world to the top world-class athletes. When you're one of them, then maybe send me your stuff. Yours sincerely, William Regal. That's the email you sent to a 19-year-old kid, a child with a dream, and you squandered it! The Top of Wrestling, with your host, OGM. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to 
to be a podcaster. Yay! It's my name, Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. That's flair. <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my God, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Ladder war! War game! You are impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day! It is I, the professor. I bid you a hello. Ahoy, my boys. Thanks for joining us here on the Top of Wrestling. That's right, we're ready for another big Wednesday. And look at we got bring it to the table. We got a wrestler of the week. Someone with voices in their head. We also got the Monday Night Wars with probably one of WCW's greatest wrestling matches of all time. We're going to get there. We got a top topic, which we're talking about the best and the absolute worst of the NXT call-ups. And we got a lot more, a lot of top shit. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the professor. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM is back in first where he belongs. Fuck yeah, like there was any ever doubt. I told you earlier, these morons should just give us the title, we'll back out, and they can buy their own new title that they can fight amongst, because they're never going to win it from us. I gotta tell you, man, you know, we got a bit of a late start here, peeling back the curtain, work, shit. I had this guy on my team, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a supervisor of my team, no big deal. This guy is, uh, this guy works hard. This guy works- That's like being the smart Mark Sterling. Yeah, of- pretty much, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is pretty much. I'm fuck. I'm sorry. This guy, he works hard. You know, he definitely puts in the work, but sometimes I think he's a little slow. I mean, something's just not firing right. And dude, I, I gotta, I call him Sniffles, because every time, oh, Tiger works every, you? every, <laughs> almost. Every time he finishes a sentence, he sniffs. Like he'll be like, yeah. So I was telling you about this ticket the other day. And, um, yeah, I talked to the user, and uh, so she, she told me this, and I, I'm really not sure where to go from here. It's the weirdest fucking thing. I want to reach through the front and st- strangle him. On top of that, he never, never fucking mutes. It's like he doesn't know how to mute himself on these fucking calls. Does he ever talk really fast? No, he's, no. Okay, so it's I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's burning a hole in his head. Who the fuck knows? Okay, so I need to know, what does that, all this have to do with wrestling? Nothing. Not I try to just change thing. up my intros, you know. <laughs> hey, you know what? Since they were on a bye week, it's the one time I could do it. Hit the fucking music. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, 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 hey,
longest Sunday of my entire life. I just got to say that, man. Like, honestly, normally on a Sunday, I'm like, I got so much shit to do, and I still got to be able to watch all of the Bills game. It was like a 42-hour day that was available <laughs> to me on a Sunday. It's nice. Right. Yeah, did you know uh, I saw an interesting stat the other day, uh, actually earlier today. Uh, the Dolphins are 4-0 when Tua doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked. Um, I did see another stat that was like Jets and Giants for the last couple of years were like four games and 20 something. And now together combined, they're like 11 and four Mm. right now. That's cool. And I got to say this, man. I gave him shit a couple of weeks ago. Jesus. Little John. Not only does your football team still remain undefeated, your baseball team just went into the fucking World Series to be facing the Astros. I'm behind you. I'm actually, I'm all about the Phillies winning this World Series. It was just, and he's a big fan of both. And I'm like, wow, his team is, is so so city is so, just killing it. So typically as a rule, I hate any Philly sports team, you know, specifically the Flyers. Um, but uh, I hate the Astros more. So yeah, go Phillies. I mean, we can't all be bandwagon fans like Tiger Queen, but how does that make you feel? Yo, how does that make you feel, little John? We, hey, that, you got some? Did we ever bring that up live? Oh, basically, briefly, I think. Yeah, I don't know. This dude all of a sudden makes a post with his girl, uh, as the Eagles were already like six and zero, five and zero, whatever yeah. it was. We are officially Eagles fans. Now every post me? is go birds, dude. I think, dude. You know what I think? I actually thought about this the other day. I think like that's his way of getting cheap heat. Like he knows it's gonna piss people off, so he's just trying to get cheap heat. Because he is that kind of mark. Well, you're the ugliest troll I've ever seen in my life. All right, let's get on to uh, some real wrestling news. Mm -hmm. The biggest one I'll bring up right now is (laughs) all right. CM Punk is. There's talks that his contract is about to be bought out by either WWE or maybe Tony Khan. He just says, here's your money. Piss off. There's been talks that he may go to WWE. I am not going to say a word only because I, we, I, I'm a punk mark. I took his side for the scrum in every which way I have taken... I will. I'm just going to back him up, right? Same with Brett. That being said, I want to know right now, is this the work that you were kind of alluding to? Or is he really being bought out and there's a possible chance of him going to Triple H's WWE? First and foremost, I'd like to say that it's pretty interesting that two of your favorite wrestlers ever are the officially the biggest crybabies ever in professional wrestling. It's pretty <laughs> fucking funny. It's pretty fucking funny. It says a lot. <laughs> okay, but yours are Sting and The Undertaker. Both guys who are just fucking characters and not real human beings. Yeah, because fine. you can't be a real man yourself. All right, look, that was the best thing I came up with. On the fly, I'm going to give myself a 7.6. 
Go on. <laughs> All right. uh, no, no chance in hell. But fuck you. That's actually <laughs> bullshit to sit here and say, ah, because crybabies. Shit. Now I'm over here wondering who else I've been backing up. Uh, no, there's no way he's going back to WWE. The way I look at it is this. It's fun to sit here and speculate that this is all just a work. Uh, I think that's too much uh, credit to give to Tony Khan, though Punk could orchestrate it 100%. Um, I think if, let's say that everything's not a work, that everything that went down was just somebody being toxic or, or something, somebody bump, bump, bumping heads, I don't know, right? This dude took a seven-year hiatus from wrestling, came back, and got to the point where he had that explosion at the scrum. I don't think he wants anything to do with wrestling ever again. Yeah. It's it's funny because he I, I saw a great meme of him online. It was him in like leaving the WWE as a Grim Reaper and then going into into UFC as a Grim Reaper and then AEW and then it says impact. And he's about to walk into the next door. And I'm like, ah shit. Nah. Kind of going there. Nah. The only, the only thing I will possibly accept uh, is him. If it they turned this into a work somehow, someone like Tony let it leak. Yeah, we're we're trying to uh, buy out his contract. Yada yada yada. BS. Right. Triple H is not saying he's in talks. There's talks of they're interested. What if he helps MJF? I'm bringing this up now because come November 19th or whatever full gear is, I want to at least throw this out there that maybe he helps MJF become the champion. Yeah, see, that's a weird thing because I think if Punk comes back, he's got to come back heel. And two, it really seems like they're starting to turn MJF babyface, which I don't like. It's not the time yet. So wouldn't? Punk going full heel be the one uh, the way to go. The only other way I think you go full heel for MJF Regal turns on Moxley at full gear. And I'll jump into it right now. Let's have this conversation since we're kind of mingling through. Let's talk about Dynamite. Not all Dynamite, at least right now, because we have a couple more things in news, but. Let's talk about the biggest piece, what you heard in the opening. William Regal faces off with Maxwell Jacob Friedman in a promo war. I mean, it's, we say these about, we're going to say this later in the Monday Night Wars. One of those matches you sit back and watch. This is one of those promos you just sit back and you are just so glad that you are a wrestling fan. It was, dude. Veteran versus the up-and-coming asshole heel. I don't know. What what were your thoughts, and do you think Regal turns on his Blackpool Combat Club, drops it all, aligns MJF? And he can get away from Stokely (laughs) half away, too, and whatever that bullshit is. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, again, I... They definitely made Regal seem like more of the heel, and I, I love heel Regan uh, or, or Regal. Um, I don't think William Regal siding with MJF is needed. It's best to keep them separate because they're better apart. 
MJF doesn't need a mouthpiece. He's good by himself. He can have a lackey like he had Wardlow. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with him having a lackey. He's been like buddy-buddy with certain tag teams like Butcher and Blade just to be some temporary muscle. They even did a payoff scene and like, you know, they were in some random kitchen like some Chinese restaurant or something. Remember that? I'm okay with that oh, stuff. I I, 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 it, I, On paper, it sounds like a dream matchup. It's unnecessary. So it'll probably happen. <laughs> uh, I love that you're honest. I don't think it's going to be that turn. I want it to be Punk because I don't think Punk can go back to WWE and it's the last little bit of effort that just maybe he's going to stay in AEW, but from there... I think he's done. He's, yep, all, he's but all but said it. And the only reason he hasn't said it is because he can't. He's under contract. They haven't bought him out. And they're not going to buy him out because they don't want him to go to WWF or WWE. And you got to think, he's probably still got bad blood with Hunter. So... I know he ain't coming home. The, the <laughs> that's extremely, extremely true. It's because uh, it, and I, I recently was thinking about when people were saying, well, maybe Triple H will be open to business. Punk had an issue with Vince, not Triple H. Nah, he had an issue with both. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Night of Champions 2011. I had a foot in my asshole on the way out of Buffalo's Key Bank or Niagara Falls Arena, whatever the fuck it was at that time. But Triple H went over that night. And then not only that, that WrestleMania 30, that's what the Punk and Cole Cabana podcast was all about. Punk said, look at, I don't need to face you. You need to face me. And they were making Punk versus Triple H, and I don't know where they were going with everything else, you know, they, but that was one of the biggest things they were talking about, and he was like, I don't want to fucking face you. This is, I should be in the main event. I think he has a bigger beef with Triple H, maybe almost just as much as Vince. I don't see him doing WWE. Like you said, he's done if nothing comes of AEW. I'm going to hold out just that little last bit of hope because... I'm a mark as well as I'm a mark for CM Punk. All right. What other news we have? Mara Tierney from Liar Liar, the Affair News Radio, is joining as of Iron Claw. You, you type that weird. I don't know what the fuck that means. Speak English. All right. Yo, Jesus Christ. Way to <laughs> kayfabe it, you dickhead. <laughs> you could have went like a professional route and be like, nope. No, We're, I'm way past the, 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 We're way the past that. We're way past that. No, she, Mara Tierney is, uh, if you remember her, she was the mother in Liar Liar, the one that was uh, married to Fletcher, which is Jim Carrey. She was also in The Affair and other shows, like you said, but she is joining the cast of Iron Claw. She is going to be the mother of the Von Erich boys, which it's just keeps growing. You know, I already told you we got... Um, Jeremy Allen White, which is uh, Lip from Shameless and the Bear, the the chef, but we also have Zach Efron. It's kind of becoming a pretty decent cast so far. I actually expect nothing but a, a decent movie out of this. I'm kind of genuinely excited about it. Um, God, I mean, 
whoever I mean Jeremy Allen White, you know, the one the one from Shameless. Good news for him, he gets to wear a wooden leg. Um, did you happen to see that the New Japan president is a little bit upset with Carl Anderson? No, but it doesn't surprise me considering uh, last I heard he's out of the match with Hikuleo. And that's the point. Because he said, yeah, I'm going to do Crown Jewel. It, we're going to do Judgment Day versus the OC, the original club. Ugh, not a fan of this. I And it's funny because about a week or two ago, we're like, look at that, man. They, Triple H is in business and letting the good brothers do their thing. They're going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. He's going to be at that that uh, autumn spring event or whatever they're calling it, you know, in a couple of weeks. Same exact night as Crown Jewel. Nope. So, you know, there's to hoping. You know, if we're going to, you know, slide into other things, you know, besides the good brothers being on Raw a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> You said you were not a fan that Brock Lesnar beat the piss out of Bobby Lashley. Well, Lashley got his receipt this past Monday on Raw, putting Lesnar through a table. Okay, I'm in. I think they're probably aiming for Crown Jewel. Hasn't fully been said. Of course, okay, fire pal, we're doing this on a Monday, so maybe they're doing that right now as we speak. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if that's where they decide to go. And uh, Baron Corbin, he decided to return with a new manager. JBL, did you see what he looked like? Yeah, yeah, MC Hammer. MC Hammer, that's a good one. Uh, I, I saw uh, another funny one. It was like uh, JBL digging into his inner NBA or yeah, 2003 NBA draft. And it was like Carmelo, you got LeBron, all them in like real biggie, uh, big baggy suits or whatever. And that's what he wore in the ring. I was like, yo, it, it looked really weird, but he is now going to be on TV. Unfortunately with Baron Corbin. Now, Tuesday night, was dynamite. That's right. Tuesday night, title fight night, whatever. I know they always have fun names for whatever it's going to be. But WWE was like, all right, that's fine. If you're going to put your shit on that night, we at least know what your game is. You want to beat us? We'll, we'll beat you. Man, that night they brought Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor, the Good Brothers, Kevin Owens, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Raquel Gonzalez all back to the yellow and black brand, or golden black brand, I'm sorry. Um, and, and, dude, Nakamura had a great showing. Owens, over his shit. The Good Brothers winning. It was smart move by them. I wish I could say that Dynamite had as good a stuff. Hmm. MJF and Regal was the absolute pinnacle of the show. No pun intended. Wow. Hmm. Uh, the absolute peak of what the show would be. Go ahead. Please talk about our main event. I'm going to hold it in. I'll try. I will try. Well, uh, you had the Moxley page. <laughs> he got concussed. <laughs> What's that? He got concussed. He got concussed. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean. I said I was going to hold it in as long as I could. It didn't even Come look on, that man. bad. I don't know how he did it. Did his head hit the mat or something? It looked pretty standard to me. It did. 
Okay, let's talk about this. First, they had some good moments in the match where this dude did a fucking moonsault off a balcony. Landed on certain spots on his head. Clothesline, out of the game. So, one is either Irony just kicked him in the ass, and after he punched himself stupid silly last week on Dynamite, this time he really concussed himself, or what I actually think, and I'm sorry if everybody thinks I'm an asshole for it, but I'm going to say it now, it'll never be proven, they want to give you sympathy for Adam Page. He has been booed consistently ever since CM Punk called him an empty-headed fuck. So... Let's fake a concussion. Why not? That's a bold statement. I really hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong just because that's fucked up if they did that. Can we at least talk about the meme? My favorite meme that has come out of this is Punk. Or I'm sorry. Adam Page standing in a ring with John Moxley. And it says, you should duck the lariat. And Adam Page says, I had to listen to veterans. <laughs> That was pretty good. Hey, man, that's that's your irony right there. That's your irony. That's what I'm saying, man. Because he's an, as Punk said, he's an empty-headed fuck who said he was going to take advice from veterans. Maybe a veteran would tell you take the clothesline down to the ground. You have to do a full-blown flip, or you're going to hit your head on the ground or someone's elbow on the way back through. Take a clothesline like a man. (laughs) Sorry, I think think, asking him to do anything like a man is a stretch. Even though he says he's a man. I used to be a man. man. Bang, 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 bang. I did like him punching himself in the face. That was pretty But later, after it's all all over, they have about 10 minutes to kill. MJF comes out, calls a shot. He is going to be facing Paige at uh, full gear for the title. Does he win? I assume. It's Not Paige. T- I'm sorry. I said Paige. Yeah, Moxley. I'm going to yeah. figure it now. No, we, Mox, we got it. Yeah. We got it. Because you'll give me shit later. I, I already did. You just didn't hear me. Um, So, I think, listen, Moxley is really, I mean, he's, whether you like him or not, whether you got criticism of him or not, he really has put the company on his back several times. I mean, nobody's done it like he has. You kind of you're kind of in a fucked up situation. You either let Moxley hold it until you get somebody lined up, but really, besides MJF, who is there? Fuck it, put it on him and let MJF hold it for a fucking year and a half. To me, I got to be honest with you, it doesn't matter the storyline. I agree everything with what you're saying a million percent. Moxley has been a savior to the company, but. If you want to get your OG fans back, you want to get the people who wrote you off because of things that you've done in the last year or two, whatever the case is, put it on MJF, they're going to come back. When they put the title on Edge, after people were pissed that they had Cena holding the title for a solid year and a half, Edge cashes in. The next night, That live sex celebration really was the most watched segment on Raw in like fucking three years because 
People are like, oh my god, Edge is the champion? <laughs> I'm in! <laughs> okay. You just may do it with MJF. I think it's the time to do it. Yeah. It's a lot of good stuff to bring to the table. You know what? Grab the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! When it comes to just, you know, this show, unfortunately, you and I, we're way too busy each week. We don't get to talk to each other in advance. So I only know what you have written here. So I'm like, who's going to drive you home? <laughs> That's a, that is a great, great tune. That has nothing to do with it. However, much like my <laughs> earlier comments, it has nothing to do with wrestling. And it has everything to do with music. So good call there. Thank uh, you. Yeah, you know, hey, I always struggle. You know, it's like one of the last things I do for the notes. So, you know, a lot of times I just wing it. We've both done it a couple times. But another peek behind the curtain. One of the first things that a professor and I connected on wasn't wrestling. It was music. And as much as we talk wrestling, we're both really into music. He's a musician. I like to pretend I am. I have guitars on my wall. I can kind of play them. I, I can make noise with them. But uh, I'm just going to I'm gonna mark out. I'm going to give a quick review. Uh, the Arctic Monkeys just dropped their new album. It's called The Car. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's very mellow, very uh, got a Curtis Mayfield vibe to it. Um, it's fucking great, dude. It's fucking great. Now, if you're familiar with the Arctic Monkeys, great. You probably know they started as kind of like an indie pop band. It went more towards pop. Uh, and now they're in like this funk jazz kind of weird headspace their last album was very divisive i loved it it's one of my favorite albums ever not because i think it's one of the best albums ever because one of my favorites ever uh but the new album it's 10 songs long it's about 45 minutes very short and it's very mellow but god damn it is fucking fantastic so awesome you're looking for new I'm music glad check you it kept out it to a wrestling topic i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, no it's funny because uh just only like a week or two ago facebook was like hey do you remember this memory and uh, your brother wrote on my wall back in like 2009. Hey man, I got the new blueprint three Jay Z CD. Do you need it? Oh man, I already got a copy of it. And then all of a sudden you come in and you go, yo, but where's my new Wu Tang CD? And it, like, it was like a full blown conversation on my wall about all this really good shit. And I was like, oh, simpler times mm-hmm. before the weight <laughs> um, of the world crushed I, my spirits. Yeah. Well that fair enough. Well, I'm not going to lie. My spirits weren't too crushed this past weekend. Decided to watch four different matches because had some time. I want to make sure that I am giving you the top of wrestling, right? I'm not going to just stay in the past. I'm not just going to buy all the championships like that boy. I'm actually going to dive into every little bit of wrestling that I can. So we had Halloween Havoc this past Saturday night and Braun Breaker defeated Ilya Dragunov and J.D. McDonough. Okay, I got to be honest with you. J.D. McDonough, the former Jordan Devlin, played the absolute best heel. He was the one that put Dragunov out of commission, which made him drop his title. And also the guy that had fucked with Breaker enough, apparently in the last couple of weeks, to get himself into this triple threat. So many amazing spots. Breaker looks like a million bucks. Uh, a million bucks. Breaker was wearing the same outfit that Scott Steiner wore at 1990 Halloween Havoc, I believe it was. I mean, like just the the whole 
It was awesome. Uh, one, it was cool to see. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. It was awesome. You know, there's some people like, oh, well, I wish he was called Steiner. I do and I don't, man. I'm okay with him just being who he is, his own name. This guy will be a future WWE champion. I think before Lesnar retires, Lesnar has a face-off with Breaker. I mm. really think it's going to happen at some point. They need to have him just go in as strong as he is right now. He's already doing the Steiner, the who, 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 getting the, the Rick Steiner chance going. Let's hope he, uh, uh, he doesn't do the math as much as yeah, Scotty, okay, but yeah, he's getting there. So that was match number one. Two other matches were from the AAA Triple Mania event that happened last week. One was Pentagon Jr. taking on Vill- Villanano. Villano, thank you. Four. four. He's been in. He's. We're watching him in the in the wars right now. We sure are. Yep. And he showed his uh, age in the match, mm. but. It was a mask versus mask match. Oh, that's right. And I saw some pictures. Penta was just like all but wearing a mask. Like he had like, it almost looked like when people were like, I'm I'm wearing the, the surgical mask like that you wear to go into stores during the pandemic. I'm wearing a mask, but they're wearing it under their cheek. Or I'm sorry, under their chin. It's exactly what he looked like. He had, his whole face was exposed and full of blood, but he still ends up winning and... Four ends up dropping his mask, and great moment. That is what closed out the night. But what received a five-star ranking from Uncle Davey was Ray Phoenix versus, and I'm going to get this name right, Hijo del Vikingo, which is Hijo del Vikingo. The Vikings. If you want, if I'm going to rip it out. Yeah. Um. Dude, it's basically what Ray Phoenix is three or maybe like seven, eight years ago against himself. That's a, this guy is great. No mask, but a great match. And he actually beats Phoenix. This match was given five stars and by rights, great match. But the other match that was given a five-star ranking by Dave Meltzer. Look at, okay, let me back that up. That Phoenix match, it was good. Do I think it was a five-star? No, no. It was given that, so I'm going to have to give it its credibility, right? The real five-star, and this is not me marking out, this is at New Japan's Royal Quest 2, Night 1, where FTR defended their tag team titles against Aussie Open. The near falls. The, oh my god, there, there was a part where a, the championship title came into play and a guy accidentally got hit. I mean, like, it was just, everything was played so well. Parts where counters were happening just in the right time. And what is the end of uh, FTR's... Uh, it's like the Jericho... Um, what What is the name of their finisher? Jericho has a co-breaker, and it's their tag team version of it. I don't know why I'm losing my yeah, name no on idea. that. But it was so teased. 
and the Aussie Open even did it, but it was teased so many times with FTR that when it hit at the very end, you saw everybody in the stands completely jump out of their chairs, the floors. Everybody went apeshit. Tag team wrestling at its finest. Extremely deserving of five stars. And that was, again, Royal Quest 2, which is night one. Actually, they must have did one before, I guess. <laughs> uh, just some great wrestling overall. But if we're going to talk about great wrestling, we are going to talk about a wrestler, wrestler of the week. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. Well, pussies like you, we're back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listen to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh, oh! <laughs> hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? Okay, earlier today I said I got voices in my head, so you probably figured out who I was talking about. Randall Keith Orton. Randall I Keith, wouldn't know. Randall Keith, Randall Keith, sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't even know that's his name if it didn't come up with, uh, I think Punk was the first one that started doing it. He's like, hey, Randall. Hmm. Uh, he had a great feud with him. We'll get into that. Um, Randy Orton, the Viper, the Legend Killer. From St. Louis, Missouri, coming in at 6'5", 250 pounds. WWE bred from the very beginning. You know, last week we talked about, was last week Sami Zayn or Sheamus? Vice versa, Sheamus whatever one it was. Last year, or last week, last year. Last week, you're right. Doing his time in the UK. Sami Zayn doing his time in Ring of Honor and all those other places. Well, Orton we all know is the son of cowboy Bob Orton, right? Main event, WrestleMania 1. Well, began his time in OVW and you know, had some matches against guys like the prototype who we never really saw again. You know. <laughs> Hell of a class uh, from OVW April, that came out. It really did with him. Uh, let's see, there was Randy Orton, prototype, and what was Batista? Le- Leviathan. Leviathan. Fuck that. You couldn't even pronounce it. That's like the Soraya Soraya Syringe. That's that's yeah, they screwed themselves on that one. But in April of 2002, Orton finally debuts on SmackDown in a feud with Hardcore Holly, which at first he came in as a heel, but people liked him. They just something about him they took to him. Ends ends up being a face until he gets drafted to Raw in September of 2002 but right away injures his shoulder and instead of just being on the sidelines WWE put him to work that's where we were granted with the weekly RNN the Randy Network News him just giving you his weekly update about his shoulder each week it was we're at 63% next week was 66 Slowly working his way there. And each bit of the way makes him a a narcissistic dickhead tool that everybody hated. So by the time he did show up and he aligned himself with Evolution, you already hated him and you're like, well, yeah, that's where he should be. Absolutely. Um, And he did. He joined in with Batista as the guys who were under the wing of Ric Flair and Triple H. 
During this time, he has won the Intercontinental title from RVD and now has dubbed himself the Legend Killer. And he actually names himself this after Unforgiven 2003 after beating Shawn Michaels and ends up leading himself into a feud with Mick Foley, which everybody remembers at MSG in like, I think it was like September, October. He hawks an extremely hard loogie into Mick Foley's face, leading all the way to MSG WrestleMania 20, where Evolution, Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton defeat the Rock and Sock Connection. You would think that's where the feud is going to end with Mick Foley and Randy Orton, but it only heightens from there as they go to Backlash 2004. The Intercontinental Championship match is the headliner of this pay-per-view. Nope, I take that back. I'm sorry. Semi-main event. My bad. I was thinking of Taboo Tuesday. Um, against Mick Foley in a barbed wire. It was, it was a no-DQ hardcore title match, but it had barbed wire, fire, tables, tacks. One of the first times you actually saw Randy Orton bleed, right? You got your pretty boy over here that is showing you he's in the evolution style out with the girls every night bleeding like a stuffed pig and, and Mick Foley is the one doing it to him but he retains his intercontinental title and then later in that summer becomes the youngest world title holder at the age of 24 beating Chris Benoit at SummerSlam 2004 and the night later which everybody remembers him being on the shoulders of Batista you got that thumbs up from Triple H. Turns into the thumbs down from Triple H. I always like it because it depends on what show or pay-per-view or whatever they're showing it on. They show Orton go, the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, the fuck. I'm, I'm up here. I'm done. God damn it. I'm going down. Ends up dropping the title to Triple H pretty quick. And they tried to make Orton a, a face, but WWE listened. They realized that we had to get him back to being a heel. And in doing so, he ends up feuding with Undertaker through 2005 and 2006, culminating at WrestleMania with a match with each other. But I take that back, not even culminating. That was just the tip of the iceberg because he ends up having a feud with Taker into Hell in a Cell, uh, and other matches that would include <sighs> Cowboy Bob Orton. Yep. Yep, let's get him involved, including a casket match where they set Undertaker on fire. But then he moved into the world title picture because Eddie Guerrero passed away and someone needed to say that Eddie needed to burn in hell. That is fucked. Odd use of Randy Orton, but they put him into the world title picture so Ray could win the title. But then next thing you know, he is on Raw and he begins fucking with Hulk Hogan. It's kind of cool. Hogan comes by doing his little stint. You see Brooke there and he out of nowhere RKO's him on the back of the limo. And in Brooke's face, just it was just awesome. It's kind of when I liked Brooke. It's the last time I liked Brooke. We'll put it that way. Um, Surprisingly, loses to, I say surprisingly, come right. on, man. Loses to Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. But then right after that, also at that same SummerSlam, 
DX. The 2006 version is formed. A lot of poo-poo and caca jokes. And that's where we get the birth of Rated RKO. They are completely over the antics of Degeneration X. All the way to the point where at New Year's Revolution, that's where Triple H tears out his second quad in a match against Rated RKO. Good stuff. So from there, uh, he ends up joining with Edge into the Money in the Bank match where they neither of them are successful. But Edge was drafted to SmackDown, so there goes the end of Rated RKO. And for the next couple of years, plays around with the Legend Killer mode again, going after guys like Cena, uh, RVD, Shawn Michaels. My favorite part. He became over. He was just getting over. In about the fall of 2007, everyone was pissed off. No one wanted John Cena as the champion. There's been some talks that Chris Jericho is going to come back at some point, but uh, it's not him. He hasn't come here yet. And then in a match on Raw, Mr. Kennedy, in a move with John Cena, well, Cena tears his own pectoral muscle. And we have a pay-per-view on Sunday, No Mercy 2007. And it opens up with Vince McMahon handing the title, the WWE title, to Randy Orton. Triple H comes out, gullies in, into a match where Triple H wins the title. Vince says, well, uh, you still got to have your match against Umaga tonight. You still got to do that match. And he does it. And then Vince, and, and Triple H wins. But then says, you know, I promised these people here a historical night, but I also promised them a last man standing match. It's what we were supposed to get with Orton and Cena. So we get Triple H and Orton. And Orton wins the title back like two and a half hours later and holds this title all the way past WrestleMania 24. As you remember, he beats Cena as well as Triple H at WrestleMania 24. Then oddly drops it in a fatal four-way at Backlash right after. But this is where things for me are, it's bittersweet. As he lost his title, he's trying to get it back. Triple H is your champion at Extreme Rules 2008. Triple H goes to counter an RKO, throwing Orton out of the ring. Orton lands just right or wrong, whatever wording you want to call it on his shoulder and it breaks his collarbone Mm -hmm. I got this pay-per-view I got it because the main event was Edge and Taker in a TLC match and if Taker lost he was out of WWE forever blah 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 blah. but um, people weren't really buying I I think that Orton was really hurt I don't know if they whatever it was but people started chanting you're a pussy (laughs) and this was I don't have my anger under control, Randy Orton. He just looks at the crowd and goes, go fuck yourselves. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm glad I bought this pay-per-view for that alone. Like the time that I bought Vader's doing on Over the Edge. He's like, I'm a fat piece of shit. This was as good as that right there. But he gets his anger under control a little bit. Comes back. We got voices in his head. New uh, theme as well as 
Legacy is born. Now he's going to form his stable with Cody Rose and Ted DiBiase. Guys who are second generational superstars or third generational. People who are family bound wrestlers. Even bringing in Manu from the Anawai family. He came in for a cup of coffee and he was out pretty quick. Um, Most infamous part was him taking technically the title from CM Punk. Orton wasn't even cleared to, to wrestle, and he kicks Punk in the head, and he loses it unforgiven 2008 by not being able to even compete in the championship, championship scramble. Always bothered me. But it's going to come back and bite him a little bit in the ass down the road. Um, but from there, Orton is absolutely the most over guy in WWE by 2008, heading into 2009. And after he wins the Rumble and sets his sight on Triple H for the title, he starts taking out members of the McMahon family, leading to one of the most infamous moments that everyone remembers solidly, where he not only DDTs Stephanie (laughs) to the mat while Triple H is handcuffed to the corner, but then plants a kiss on her. Dude, one of the more compelling things ever watching Triple H like just foaming at the mouth to want to hit him so bad. And he was just, they had themselves just angled apart enough where you could even get to him. Fantastic. So what do you do with that? Make sure that Triple H goes over at WWE's WrestleMania. Motherfucker. Are you serious? <laughs> Most right. over guy, but don't worry. They decide to give him the title at a six man match. The following month, no one understood why, but in the Backlash uh, 2009 pay-per-view, he ends up winning the title. Feuds the rest of the year with Cena at Hell in a Cell, an I Quit match, and an Iron Man match. Ends a feud of the year with him and Kofi Kingston, and Kofi telling him, I can drop your ass in Madison Square Garden, and Orton say, stupid, 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 stupid. Best line ever. Yep. We end up getting the WrestleMania 26 Legacy Triple Threat. Uh, ends up feuding with Sheamus and Weber for a good chunk of 2010. And as he is the WWE Champion, little tidbit, the man who takes the title from him on Raw in November of 2010, The Miz, cashing in his Money in the Bank contract. Just a big moment to be a part of, you know. It, it, and I, I kind of think it's cool that Orton was the one that passed the title off. Um, and he spends a good chunk of his time fighting with guys like the, the Shield. Uh, ends up dropping the title back and forth with Christian a couple of times. Only to lose the title in 2011 to Mark Henry at Night of Champions in Buffalo. Which was a huge pop for Mark Henry. But this is where, well... Mm-hmm. We start to really hate Randy Orton again because he decides to align himself. Yep, here it is. Yep. They always say it's the best for business. This is what they were actually proposing at this exact time. And we had the authority, which is Randy Orton not only winning the Money in the Bank contract, cashing it in on Daniel Bryan after he finally wins the title at SummerSlam, but it keeps going all the way where him and Cena keep just having match after match after match with each other. And everybody's like, I don't think you guys understand what best of business actually meant. Drops the title to uh, Daniel Bryan, of course, at WrestleMania 30. 
starts to wean himself away during the following year from the authority only to face Seth Rollins in what would be Seth Rollins' pre-warm-up match, I guess, before going into the main event of WrestleMania and taking the title, but one of the sickest RKO's of all time. Oh, yeah. Going from a curb stomp into the RKO. Um, You know, next couple of years, kind of odd. You know, he ends up having a, a couple of random matches. Did have a good one with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam where was knocked silly with a bunch of blood coming out of his head. Oh, that's right. But, yeah, that's but where Lesnar took off his weird. gloves and he's fucking just started elbowing him in the head and cut him wide open. Fuck. And that's where Chris Jericho was like, I don't think this is supposed to be happening yeah. right now. And he went <laughs> to Sir, fight I don't Brock appreciate Lesnar. your actions. <laughs> Yo, the fact I, I know you don't you're not a fan of Chris Jericho, but the fact that he went to go fight Lesnar face to face, no gloves on. Fair enough. You can't get too mad at him. Um, but a part of his losing to Lesnar led to him joining the Wyatt family. Yeah. Okay. Let that sink in for a minute. No, not even a month, man. That lasted long enough for about a good seven month span where it led to them winning tag team titles. Orton winning the Royal Rumble and saying, I will not challenge Bray Wyatt. Leading to like a week later going, nah, I was wrong. I'm going to face him. I'm sorry. You're right. Never mind. Booking can't catch up fast enough. I'm going to face him. But then has a banger of a match with Luke Harper at Mm -hmm. Elimination Chamber that could have very easily turned it into a triple threat. And they didn't. So instead, Orton won the title at WrestleMania 33 with a bunch of projector worms coming down on the ring. Why am I upset about that? Because it was the stupidest fucking thing of all time. What was his penance? Dropping his title to Jinder Mahal one month later at Backlash. <laughs> and then failing to lose it in a Punjabi prison match that involved... Great Okay, <laughs> a bleeping pong. <laughs> a bleep. Yep. <laughs> okay, so a bit of ups and downs, right? Yeah. Wins the U.S. title, wins uh, the tag team titles a little bit in there, but also faces AJ Styles at WrestleMania 35. I think one of my favorite things I was pretty big about was when the pandemic hit, you know, Edge comes back, takes out Orton in the Royal Rumble, and then we have RKO facing off, or rated RKO facing off at WrestleMania 36 at the Performance Center. They do a little nod to a uh, Benoit moment by choking him on a weight machine (laughs) too soon. It was just a touch too soon considering Dark Side of the Ring. It was like a week after Dark Side of the Ring. It was literally, yeah. (laughs) But then they have the greatest wrestling match inside of an arena that is in a performance center in the galaxy of all time between Edge and Randy Orton, which goes about 50 minutes, and Orton takes the win. And then, you know, during the pandemic, Drew McIntyre is your world champion. Who is your most credible person to have in challenge? You really got to put it in Orton. But then Orton ends up winning the title at Hell in a Cell at one point. We're like, oh, my God, they actually put the title on him, too. Oh, Jesus. Drew wins it back, I think, on Raw the next night or two weeks later or some shit like that. And eh, yada, yada, yada. Did some shit with The Fiend. Let's not talk about that. But let's move on to uh, Riddle. Did you think that it would keep going the course that it did. I mean, were you waiting for the other shoe to drop for Orton to just beat the piss out of Riddle at some point? I mean, you kind of expected it would make the most sense. It'd be hard to see a, a heel Matt Riddle, and uh, Orton turning heel wouldn't have been a big deal. He, he turns on people all the time. 
So I, I don't. But he didn't, and well, he where are we? Getting injured. I mean, he has. He's been out almost a year. He might not ever come back, dude. His back's in pretty rough shape. Yeah, I'm calling Rumble for him. You're calling what? Rumble. I hope you're right. It'd be good back. to see him. I think that maybe, at very minimum, we're going to see him come out and do a swan song of a year. I don't think he's just going to walk away and never perform again. There's no way he's going to like, yeah, I want to end my career in RK, bro. Sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Shit, it might just be beyond his control. He's in pretty rough shape. He said all those RKOs, his back is just fucked. That's fair. Well, we're going to run down some of his accomplishments here. We got championships. We got the WWE title 10 times and the world title four times. So 14 time world champion intercontinental and U.S. champion one time apiece tag team champion with edge one time Bray and Harper. When they do the Freebird rule with the Wyatts one time and two times with riddle. He is a 2009 and 2017 Royal rumble winner, 2013 money in the bank winner, two times slammy, just like Owen Hart. And he holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the most pay-per-view appearances of all time. Hmm. Kind of a cool thing. Some movies, in case you're ever like, I want to see Randy Orton in a movie. In 2011, he did That's What I Am. 2013, 12 rounds, because you got to keep in that WWE theme. Oh, The Condemned 2. Let's keep that going with the WWE theme. Uh, The movie Countdown, he played himself. Then in the movie Long Shot, he played someone who wasn't himself, but kind of like himself. Changeland, and don't worry, in 2022, he did voiceovers for Paws of Fury. I think things just kind of softened a little bit towards the end. Okay. Mm. All right, look at my take. Professor's take on this. The guy's been consistent since day one when it comes to wrestling. Took a little bit of time for his attitude to get under control. Been... Uh, suspended twice when it comes to wellness policy end up serving 60 days at one point also had an anger issue uh one of my favorite things if you want to youtube this one is look up him talking to whatever uh, god overseas interviewer that's like ah wrestling is fake and he's like do you want me to show you how fucking fake it is and gets right in his face and i was like oh that poor guy didn't know what he was doing he didn't know he's really psycho that being said, the guy really is a pro. A pro for the game. He has been consistent since 2004. We're just a couple years shy of 20 years of Randy Orton. And he doesn't let you down. There's not a match you go to watch where you're like, oh, God, this is going to suck. Unless it's against John Cena because, well, no fault to him. Or unless there's that being the said, ring. well, oh, well, oh, Jesus. Oh, man, that's true. Like, no one was like, hang on, you know, I'm going to be honest, this is kind of a bad idea. This looks kind of stupid. Anybody else? No? The, the, let's All not, right, let's, let's not move pro- on. No, I didn't mean me. I meant the guys with the, the worms. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounded dirty. All right, well, hey, let's get into uh, the professor's match of the week for a newbie. If you are new to Randy Orton... And I got to be honest with you, to me, it's his breakout match. And that is Backlash 2004 against Mick Foley. Hardcore match for the IC title. My dog is making some noises out there. She's got to take a piss. Let's hit the Monday Night War sounds. 
Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! D-Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! We got you! Jim Cornette, I just wonder if any of you are sick and tired as I am of people who claim to be the icon of wrestling. Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper claim to be the icon. Shawn Michaels is the icon that can still go. Bret Hart would claim to be the icon if he wasn't too busy crying about being screwed by the WWF. And I guess Randy Savage is still thinking, thinking. Well, Shawn Michaels is still the single most talented athlete in wrestling today inside the ring. But outside, he's an adolescent obnoxious jerk who takes his tights and goes home if he doesn't get his way. Bret Hart is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but if he'd have been screwed as many times as he claims, he'd have struck oil by now. And Randy Savage is a legend, but let's face it, how many records did Frank Sinatra sell last year? But the pinnacle of this icon garbage came at last night's cage match between Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper to determine in their minds only who the real icon is. WCW had the gall to say this the greatest cage match in history when it was only the greatest in three weeks since Hell in the Cell. But here you've got a 46-year-old bald movie star wannabe who looks like Uncle Creepy with a good bill taking on a guy with an artificial hip that hadn't wrestled a full schedule in 10 years. It's a tribute to the massive egotism, in my mind, of both men, an indictment of WCW's promotional policies that this match even took place, much less being the main event, when the card was probably the best that WCW is capable of having. By the 10-minute mark, they were sucking wind so bad, the first three rows passed out of oxygen deprivation. Would have been funny if it wasn't so sad. Well, I'm sick and damn tired of hearing guys claim to be the icon, especially when it usually comes from guys who just didn't know when to quit. Roddy Piper was my idol when I was a teenager, but that was 20 years ago. Hulk Hogan during his best years was 50% media creation, and those are long gone. This match was a slap in the face to every wrestler that takes pride in his profession. And in my mind, no one man is bigger than this sport. But if there is an icon, it would be a man who has great ability inside the ring and professionalism and maturity outside of it. Let's leave all the petty backstabbing I make more money than you BS with the hat check girl and concentrate on talent and attitude. The Undertaker, Ric Flair, and Steve Austin have never claimed to be icons, which means they're big candidates to be just that. And on a personal note to Hulk Hogan, you are a household word, but so is garbage. And it stinks when it gets old, too. I'm Jim Cornette, and that's my opinion. Be funny if it wasn't so true. God, I love that. <laughs> I love how much Jim Cornette just shit all over the icon versus icon pay-per-view of the night before for Halloween Havoc. Here's the good and bad of this. The good? Man, I love it. I, I kind of wish he did this more often. Maybe... Maybe Nitro wouldn't have been in the lead for 83 fucking weeks. But, in the hindsight, maybe you take the high road and you just produce better wrestling. Except at the same time, you're also shitting on Michaels and Brett at the same time. I'm like, I'm not understanding this. Like, you sound like you're going rogue. Anyway, uh, I do like the... Oxygen deprivation. Great line. <laughs> that being said, this is probably since you and I have started 
doing the Monday Night Wars, which will bring us to April of 96. So we've been doing this over a year and a half. Probably on card, the best pay-per-view that WCW has produced with Halloween Havoc. And I think all of it lived decently up to itself. Minus a fucking main event. Yeah, you know, I was having that thought too. Uh, there's definitely was still some bad shit. But I mean, ultimately there was some good shit. And I guess we'll get right into it. Uh, October 26, 1997. It's Halloween Havoc 1997. It's the MGM Grand Las Vegas. Got our typical commentary booth. Shivani, Dusty, and Heenan. Uh, they note that Piper returned a year ago in the same arena. So, the return there. Our opening match, a good match to start off a pay-per-view with. You get Yuji Nagata versus Ultimate Dragon. Um, Nagata hits a... Dragon went for a springboard to the floor, and Nagata hit a really nice kick uh, to, to counter it. Uh, we've got what I'm going to call the flock. Uh, they have not been called that yet, but you get Raven, Saturn, Kidman, uh, Richards, and a new member, Sick Boy, coming through the crowd. Uh, the only thing that I didn't like about this match was Nagato won. I don't know why. Because Sick Boy were... basically is like Flea. He kind of looks like Flea to me from... I don't see it, but okay. It's fine. All right, whatever. <laughs> Good talk. Good talk. I don't get it, just like I don't get Nagato winning. But it was a good match. Uh, next, we get Disco Maggot with the website crew backstage. He gets interrupted by Jacqueline. Uh, Dusty gets all excited when Jacqueline chases him off. And Wait. Water- yes? Hang on. I have a confession to make. I'm no fool. Sick boy does not look like him. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I may have gone a little ahead. All right, move on. <laughs> That's why I was like, flee. <laughs> Anthony Kiedis, <God> maybe. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> not flee, though. <laughs> Meatloaf, possibly. All right, we we get an unadded... one of the guys from Extreme. Yeah, well, you know, maybe a little more than words. <laughs> Sorry, and we're off the rails already. It's my jam. We get an unadvertised. <laughs> Welcome to the Monday War, motherfucker. Yep, uh, fucking Gato makes an appearance. Yep, Gato versus Jericho. Uh, again, this was a good match. Jericho wins with the Lion Tamer. It was a good match, with the exception of Jericho almost breaking his neck trying to do a top rope Frankensteiner. They the commentary sold it as a reversal. I think it was just botch, 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 botch. What a fucking coincidence that it's the guy that hates the word botch. You know, I oh man, that's really funny. You bring that up, but um, all right, a couple things. I got to go half off the rails for a second here. Nothing major. Gato, God, anybody who watched 2016 to 2019, 2020, New Japan, not many knew that this dude was performing on Nitro, and myself included. I think that's kind of cool. I, I, I like to, It's like a hidden tidbit, and probably the majority who know it are your Japanese fans. Um, 
But then you just kind of made a, a, a comment about something. And look at, I don't care if it's 10, 15, 20 minutes late to the bring it to the table, but I got to bring something up, man. Uh, we need to stop having Booker T do commentary. He decided to do commentary for the NXT show. He's the new commentator for NXT. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the thing that you just said a couple minutes ago? You're like, and that's a what doesn't matter. You said something that was really corny. In one match, he hit three. That's a shucky, shucky, ducky, ducky moment of the night. Oh, or shucky, the ducky, fuck quack, quack. Says it. Fuck whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> yep. Him banging a duck. It was the stupidest fucking thing. It bothers me. It took away from the Braun Breaker, Dragonoff, and McDonough <sighs> match. Just wanted to throw that out there. Completely random, but I'll take it. Yeah, Shucky Ducky Quack Quack's like his uh, catchphrase. So get used to hearing it. You're going to hear it more, especially if you're watching NXT. Find a new catchphrase. Yes, agreed. Find a new job, personally, but that's just me. Uh, speaking of people losing their patience, we get Mean Gene in the locker room with Deborah. Gene mentions that Fleetwood Mac had played the MGM Grand the night before. Deborah, of course, is teasing her new client. Mongo comes in. They argue. Gene says, you know, I think this should be settled in a court of law, not here or in the ring. <laughs> Deborah, meanwhile, gives the new meaning to word uh, to the words dumb blonde. Dumb blonde. Absolutely. And she, certain, she certainly did. Next. Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Eddie Guerrero, mask for his cruiserweight title. Say what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. It. All right. I'll skip ahead some matches you just watched. This is number two on our best matches of WCW list. Cheers. Rightfully so. Just effing watch it. Yep. Such a classic. The, the moves they were doing <clears throat> were beyond what uh, their cruiserweight division was doing at that time. To right now seems... Like a fucking regular Young Bucks match, unfortunately, right. but at its time. But with work, with actual working, actual wrestling. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. You're selling the moves. Thank you. Thank you. That, too. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, God. Just such a good, just a, a great match. I put this, what would you say, out of WCW number two? Number two WCW matches of all time. Exactly where I would put it. It was we fantastic. did, Best but I meant like yet. I would do it again. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ray's got black pa- face paint around his eyes. You can see through the match. His mask is actually attached te- to his. It's like a bodysuit. Um, uh, Tanae mentioned this is the ninth time Ray's been in a mask match where he could lose his match. Um, at one point, there some it's just a couple of the moves that I really like. There's a dope as fuck reversal into a springboard DDT by Ray. It was nasty looking. Uh, Eddie had the camel clutch on, and he started ripping the mask off at the eye. That was dope. And then at one point, Ray hits a somersault springboard Rana to the floor, and Heenan fucking popped. Yeah. Heenan's like, I've never seen anything like that before. Like, you could tell he was being legit. Commentary sold the fuck out of this. Even they said this is probably the best match in WCW history. Uh, Ray reverses an avalanche razor's edge into a Rana for the win. Oh, so good. And this is the all-purple Rey Mysterio outfit, as you were kind of uh, alluding to. But the, oh, God. 
the the cockiness of Eddie. He plays such a good heel in this so match. It, it, oh God, peak, peak heel yeah. Guerrero. You know, because it's inhibited. It's not uh, bogged down by shitty storylines. So, uh, no, fantastic. Uh, real quick, we get Gene on the ramp. He says, "There's a click in WCW. Call the hotline to find out who." And then he says to Shivani, "It's Halloween. What are you going to be wearing, my friend?" Okay, Gene. Okay, hang on. There's a click in WCW. Find yeah, it's, out who. It's called the I swear to God, <laughs> Hall Nash Waltman. Was it option eight? Yeah, I don't think they did the option options on uh, WCW. Uh, we go to the NWO's locker room. It's Hogan and Bischoff. Bischoff says, WCW can't provide a safe work environment. He had a case of the fucking Shawn Michaels, apparently. Uh, Bischoff's not going <laughs> to let Hogan wrestle tonight unless WCW provides a contract saying Sting will not be allowed in the building at all. I got bored. I skipped ahead. Oh, ditto. <laughs> Next. I saw it and I was like, come on. <laughs> like, really, you're going to tell me that... The main event we've been teasing all night is not going to be here all of a sudden. All right, fuck off. We're gonna, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> exactly. Next, we get Mongo. Uh, Mongo has white zombie ripoff music. Uh, Deborah comes out with her big surprise client, and it's Alex Wright. Okay. Uh, Mongo hits a tombstone. He can dance, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Mongo hits a tombstone, and then out of nowhere, Goldberg jumps in. Deborah causes a distraction. Distraction. Goldberg hits a spear and a jackhammer. He picks up Wright, drops him on top of Mongo, and Wright wins. The payoff it made it look like Goldberg is under contract with Deborah. With Deborah. And I go, okay, I didn't know this. I didn't either. Did not know that. Deborah gives Goldberg Mongo's Super Bowl ring as payment. Wright goes to shake Goldberg's hand, and Goldberg hits him and rolls him into the ring spear jackhammer. I don't remember heel Goldberg. No. Puts that ring on his dick, calls it a cock ring, moves on. He got really excited about it. He probably did. Um, yeah, Liz and Macho cut a promo on DDP. Um, next we get Disco Dung Pile versus Jacqueline. Jacqueline wins. <laughs> That name just doesn't get old. Nope, I'm going to just keep using different ones. I'm going to keep cycling through them. Next, Kurt Hennig versus Ric Flair for the U.S. title. Hennig's wearing uh, Flair's robe that he cut the arms off of. Uh, Flair comes out, no robe, doesn't walk, doesn't woo, just runs down and jump starts the match. Um, Hennig is in the tree of woe. Flair wraps the title around his face and stomps him. It's a DQ. Conan and Vincent run down, and uh, they got to pull Flair off. Yeah. If there was ever a time that I would say that that's my robe. Yeah, that's my robe. The cutoffs. It is. Oh, 100%. It's got your name all over it. That was mine. Yeah. (laughs) You got to find out if there's a disorder where you're scared of sleeves. Because I'm, you know, sleeveophobia. No, it's not that I I break out. No, I'm sorry. I Not like skin Skin condition, brother. Where's your empathy? the muscles are so big they just break out of every fucking okay, shirt. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with the allergic reaction. Uh, next we get Gene. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, you got Never mind. I was going to say something more. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's fine. Gene's on the ramp with JJ Dillon. Uh Dillon says Hogan Piper's going to take place as advertised. Bischoff comes out, tells him you don't got the stroke. Dillon pulls out a piece of paper, points out it's notarized and says bye-bye. Uh I, they never really this. said what it was. I guess it was the contract. 
Next. Uh, Way to do Nitro stuff on, on pay-per-view. pay-per-view. Exactly right. <laughs> it's indiscernible. All of this is fucking Nitro stuff. It's like like they got there and they're like, all right, well, we need 15 talking segments. What are we going to do? How about everything is about Piper and Hogan's match? <laughs> Well, the next match I think didn't fit on a Nitro. I think this was pay-per-view quality, uh, at least a little bit. You know, the, the booking's always a little wonky, but we get Lex Luger versus Scott Hall. Uh, Hall's got six with him. Zabisco's your guest ref. Tells Hall to get rid of the toothpick. It gets flicked at him. So it's funny. So both men are down, and Zabisco is counting super fast. Um, Hall ends up crawling over for a, a pin, and he does a slow count. Um, Zabisco breaks up Hall when they're at the ropes one time. It turns into a shoving match. Hall goes to punch Zabisco. He ducks, and Hall goes over the top to the floor. Bischoff gets on the apron. Zabisco kicks him to the floor. Bischoff on the apron again. Six sneaks in, hits the spin kick. Hall hits an outsider's edge, and Zabisco delays that three count. He goes super slow, gets his hand up for three, pauses, waits, then counts it. Uh, as Hall and Six are heading to the back, along with Bischoff, Zabisco says, I want to see the replay. They show it. You see what Six did. Zabisco gets on the mic and says, match isn't over. And he starts counting Hall out fast enough where Hall has to just bolt towards the ring. Um, yeah, I think he gets into a shoving match with Zabisco. Zabisco shoves him back right into Luger, picks him up, rack, submission. Um, Zabisco gets attacked. Uh, he actually gets like a real nice rear naked choke hold on uh, six. That was pretty nasty looking when he got that hold on him. Uh, yep. But Bischoff kicks him in the head. They attack him. And uh, Bischoff ends with his foot being on Zabisco's chest. Hall counts three. See, to me, overall, I think storyline wise, mm. one of the better of the pay per view. Yes. I actually liked it. Mm-hmm. It's been building and building and building. That's why I really like this pay-per-view overall. I thought it was really, really good. It's hokey and stupid and bullshitty and fucking bullshitty. Eric Bischoffy <laughs> and Nitro-y as it was. It was it was very bischoff It made sense. Very yeah. bischoff So, yeah. Now, and see, the thing is, the ending, I didn't like the ending because I wanted Zabisco to come out on top. But you don't always get that in wrestling. That's the whole fucking point. So... Yeah, and no, he's like, "Well, I gotta do it. Yep, because if I don't, I could be well, fired." And it's it's not over; it's gonna go somewhere. Uh, next, another great match: uh, Macho versus Diamond Dallas Page, a sudden death match. It's also known as a last stand, man standing match. Uh, their trilogy was number three on our list of best WCW matches of all time. Uh, Page has his ribs taped up. Um, there's the the infamous tombstone spot. They go to the back of the ramp where all those uh, styrofoam tombstones and uh, coffins are, you know, they break a bunch of shit. My, when <laughs> they break a bunch of shit. <laughs> well, he slams them through. Oh, so at one point, Paige gets out like this plastic serving tray and Dusty fucking loses it. He he wapolate him! He wapolate him! He wapolate him, baby! He fucking <laughs> went off it was fucking great uh which wasn't uh another cool spot i thought was macho steals a camera he didn't do uh the whole jericho thing ddp went uh, reversed when macho went to use it and kicked it right in his fucking face dude it looked nasty it looked nasty uh 
the ref gets to the four count, and Liz has one of the dude, one of those plastic serving platters for like cheese and crackers, the round ones, breaks it over the ref's head. That's legit. I think I have one in my fucking cabinet right now. It's, <laughs> it's fucking. It was so terrible. Naturally, the ref is. It makes me out. miss the old days of the. Uh... Wine, cheese, and crackers. Oh, that was port set wine, up at cheese. The table. Yeah, I got some of that in the fridge. Would, no, I meant like it's what the horsemen had set up each week. Oh each yeah, week, <laughs> <laughs> and giant would just kept putting everybody through the table. Like, yep. We're talking about a year ago. That's right. it's kind of what it reminded me of. They must have had a lot of that stuff in the back. Uh, she tri- Liz hey, we got to get rid of the crackers. Give <laughs> yeah, right. me a favor and bust us over someone's head this week. I got a heel. Fuck your heel. We did that at Super Brawl a couple years ago. <laughs> Use this pack of crackers. Go. Right. Liz chokes out DDP with the camera cable. Uh, Kimberly comes down for the save and have a cat fight. Dusty. It's a cat fight. It's a cat fight. It's a cat fight. Uh, Dusty was excited. Kimberly drags Liz to the back by her hair. Uh, the first ref it gets pulled out. Nick Patrick replaces him. Macho hits two elbow drops. He goes for a slam. We get a ref bump, a diamond cutter. Uh, Patrick's back up. Both men are down. He starts to count. Uh, Paige is up first, goes for a cutter. Macho reverses, hits a low blow. And then we get Stang heading to the ring. He hits DDP right in the ribs with the bat. Uh, Macho's able to get up at seven. DDP can't beat the count. And he gets stretchered out with Macho randomly attacking him along the way. Uh, and every com- bet you take, every move. Oh, wrong stang. I'm getting a boo. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> boo this. And then commentary just randomly is like, yeah, that was Hogan. Yeah, way to play that one out. <laughs> right? I mean, then why'd you do it at all? Yeah, I know. Just don't do it. Remember? Just don't do it. Main event, Piper versus Hogan. Steel cage grudge match. Buffers your announcer. Uh, Piper comes out with the title, as you know. He, uh, he stole it from Hogan. This is more hell of a cell. This is not a, really a cage. I, you know, before you dive into the match, how much was Michael Buffer making for each appearance? He has been on... A good chunk of, well, every pay-per-view. Just about, yeah. And a good chunk of, uh, of uh, Nitros. I mean, yeah, you only have a couple of two-tree big events each year that you have to do for boxing. But how much did Eric put him under, man? Like, that's... Dude, look at what they were paying the wrestlers. I'm sure he made a pretty fucking penny. It kind of lost all credibility to me. I mean, when it's just an announcer. Boxing. Yeah, it's funny because I was like, you know, he's on Nitro. Everybody's like, "Shut up, Mark." <laughs> <laughs> I I can empathize with you on that one. So that's hey, I fine. don't mean to bring my childhood into this <laughs> shit. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I, well, I hope this doesn't ruin your childhood anymore. Uh, Piper was. I eating... have a dickhead brother. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the match starts. Like I said, it's more of a hell in a cell, not really a cage. Uh, and it's got the weird rules, like Hogan kept trying to escape, but it didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Neither did Piper eating Hogan's ass. I never thought I'd write, type, or say that combination of words ever in my life. But yes, Piper was eating Hogan's ass. 
only because of Spotify standards, YouTube standards. That's the only reason we can't make that this week's episode name, <laughs> yeah. is that's a weird fucking statement in itself altogether. Piper was eating Hogan's ass. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Several times. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they end up going through the door at the same time, so apparently getting out of the cage is not a way to win, but it was. Uh, Sting, or Stang, is on the ramp and stops Hogan from leaving. Piper brings Hogan back into the ring. Uh, then they start doing uh, the back-and-forth shit. Uh, Hogan gets on the other side. He climbs to the top, gets on the other side of the cage. Sting's waiting with a bat. Piper climbs up. Hogan and Piper trade blows at the top. Another Sting is on the ramp. Another couple through the crowd. Hogan climbs, Hogan climbs back down to the ring. Piper starts going outside of the cage. There's mad Stangs up in this piece. Don't know where they're coming from. All of a sudden, Macho shows up. He climbs to the top of the cage and goes for an axe handle. He missed it and hit Hogan. I think he just missed it completely, to be honest with you. Piper Hogan gets... barely, barely yeah. put his like fingertips to his hip. He was obviously supposed to hit or Hogan's supposed to hit him or whatever. Right. Like It was just a very bad timed spot. Everybody just hit Dog the ground. Shit. Yeah. Uh, yes. Piper, Piper ends up getting the sleeper on, and he wins. Uh, we the Piper down. Not yet. We're about to. Now, here's where everything goes to hell. Macho's back in the cage. They start the beat down. Match Piper's, already started. Piper's fighting back. Bischoff comes in to check on Hogan. Stan gets in there. Hogan handcuffs Piper to the cage like a crucifix. Hogan puts on one of the fake sting masks. And then a fan with sting face paint fucking spider monkeys up the cage Mm -hmm. over inside to the ring. And he just gets grounded. Stang, who was supposed to be like beaten down and Bischoff is going to carry him up, is like, oh, hell no. Gets up, tackles the dude. The referee's trying to kick him. They're trying to kick him. His mask came off. His yeah. mask came his off. Mask came I off, tried yeah. as hard as I could to get any form of a screenshot yeah. of whoever the fuck it was. Couldn't tell. I'm like, maybe Scotty Riggs. Don't know. Uh, the way they watched him climb the the cage like a spider. He was like, all the way up. He went up there They're fast. Like, Look at I, I think this may be a fan. I think that the announcers were playing it off as it as if it was supposed to be a wrestler, right? Who is climbing in like a fan, but then you're like, God damn it, that's a fan. They put a lot of focus on this entire situation, bro. That's how they went and up then, the air. <laughs> I was just gonna say, and, and in true Nitro fashion, I, it was the name of one of our show. Good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we're running out of time. We gotta go. Dude, I was like, did they just end this <laughs> on a fan jumping in the ring? They were like, well, he's tied up into the, the cage. We got Piper. Well, <laughs> the fan came in. Fuck it. All right, we're done. We're done. Good night. We got him. He's yep. done. Good night. We're going to take him in the cage to the back. Absolutely. Really odd. I don't know where it was going. I think the real Sting maybe was supposed to show up. Maybe. 
Who the fuck knows, but it was terrible. Terrible. You know what What else is another terrible thing? To have a three-hour Nitro the night after a pay-per-view. <laughs> because that's what we get. And as you can imagine, Bischoff and Hogan start the show. He hypes himself up. It's a typical shit. Nobody can beat me. For life. Too sweet. One love. Next, we get Ray versus Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, the flock, still not being called that, comes through the crowd. Um... Yeah, Ray hits a springboard Rana. It gets countered into a clover leaf, which he Ray counters into a roll up. Kind of, kind of, uh, you know, decent finish. It was a good finish. Uh, Ray retains. Next, we get Mike Tenay's lucha libre lesson. It's all about family and masks. I don't know. Next, we get La Parca versus Glacier. At this point, they mentioned that Nitro is going to be coming to Buffalo in December of 1997. It's going to be Nitro's first visit to Buffalo. Pretty cool. Uh, Glacier wins. Uh, next, we get Gene on the ramp. He introduces Diamond Dallas Page. Page goes right by Gene into the ring. Gene follows him. Uh, Gene starts talking about the rumors that it was Hogan that was the Stang uh, at Halloween Havoc. And, yeah, he knows that. Page goes, as far as Hogan being God, I don't think so. Sick burn, bro. Uh, he accepts Hogan's broad challenge to the locker room, and uh, apparently they're going to fight tonight. We get Gene in the ring again, this time with Zabisco. He says, I've had it with you, Hall. I'm sick of you. You've been asking and begging for it. I have a contract in my hand. It's a one-way ticket to Larry Land. NWO Music. Wah, wah. <laughs> uh, NWO Music hits, and Zabisco is talking over the come music. Come on, hang I on, kinda... wait. That's about on a booer level than my booing. Like, come on. Like, ha, huh. that's like, I was like, hey, ODM. You're going to go to Professor Land. <laughs> yeah, but I interact it with you, so I'm going to boot the shit out of you. I mean, it's fucking Larry Zbysko. He's been doing the New World Odor thing forever, you know? It's dad jokes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he upgraded from the odor to whatever. Yeah. Boo! You always pick sides, <laughs> sides idiot. <laughs> Hall and Six come out top of the ramp. Hey, Big Kev, stay in touch. See you real soon. Hall tells Zabisco, you couldn't even beat Easy e for those of you not keeping score at home. That's Bischoff. Uh, Hall plays a recap of Zabisco getting his head beaten by uh, Bischoff last night. Uh, Zabisco calls Hall down to the ring. Mean Gene says, yeah, you may have heard it on the game show before. Come on down. Hall goes, down where? Mean Gene <laughs> smiles and he's like, down here. <laughs> Gene's reaction was great because you knew he was getting a kick out of it when he goes down where he just smiles. Oh, it was great. It's I the love the first him, time my height works for a good joke <laughs> and a penile reference. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was I spelling it out too much? No, not at all. Not at all. That's that Whatever. Just, You're good. You're good. No, you did a good job. I'll give that a four. Yeah, Next, we get Stevie Ray versus Lex Luger. It's a non-title. <laughs> oh, later, we're going to get the non-title match between Hogan and DDP. Um, yeah, Luger wins with the rack. And then we get a Raven video promo. He's in a tree this time. Cause, get it? Because he's a Raven. And there was a birdcage there, too. Oh, wait, it's not bad, Friday the thirteenth, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just made it <laughs> creepier than it needed to be. 
Power 2 of 3. Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Jericho. Okay. Exactly the fucking point. Right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, we get a couple good matches here. We get Eddie Guerrero versus Jericho. Eddie wins. Solid match. Next, Fit Finley has returned. Remember the Steven Regal Fit, Fit Finley parking lot match? Remember that the last shit? time we saw him, right? Yeah, no shit it was, yeah. Probably fucking tore several arteries. That was a brutal fucking Oh, one. well, he came back with the like strongest mullet in all time. <laughs> he's back in he the Irish gear now. Yeah, he's not wearing the street clothes anymore. But uh, I thought it was a good hand for Benoit to work with. They had a, they had, it was a solid match. Oh, yeah. Benoit gets the win, as he should have. Uh, we get Gina on the ramp with Flair. It's a promo on Hennig and Hogan and Savage. And I'm going to read this verbatim. I paused it. Went back a couple times, made sure I got it verbatim. This is Flair talking to Savage, who he's facing tonight. (laughs) You know me, and I know you. And tonight, pal, TNT special, one segment, you and me. Drugs, no. Violence, yes. Sex, yes. Yes, and brother, right here, you, Miss Elizabeth, and the nature boy, it's going to be great, because Savage, I'm going to end your reign with Slim Jim in one minute, and give Liz a ride on Space Mountain. Woo! (laughs) Drugs? No. <laughs> wait, wait, what was it again? <laughs> Drugs? No. I got the first yes. part. Sex? Yes. What? <laughs> oh my god that yo, was fantastic it's like they were like yo I dare you I dare you do this eight ball right now and go out there and think of the first thing that comes out of your mind oh my god it was fucking hilarious it was it was the best um it's the little things like that that make it all worth it <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Next we get Scotty Riggs. I can't breathe. Just keep going. I'm good. I'm here. I'm here. Scotty Riggs versus Raven. Uh they're still sitting at ringside, so uh Raven just hops the barricade, gets in the ring. Uh the rest of the flock come out. Stevie gets on the mic saying Raven still refuses to sign a contract with WCW. And uh Raven says the only way he's gonna wrestle is if you make a DQ. Tells Riggs, no need for us to fight. You haven't won a match in six months. Tries to recruit him. Says, come with me and I'll set you free. Riggs gives him the old Bafungul. Saturn gives Raven a chair. And Raven does a drop toe hold to Scotty Riggs face first onto the chair. He fucking sold it like he got shot. Riggs! (laughs) Riggs. Nice. Yeah. Well, Buffer's back. What do you think, 20 grand? 50? Probably 50. For a nitro, where yeah. are we at? What city? Uh, I don't know. It's got to be in your. You got to remember, it's a Monday night. Uh, it's just a good G, a G, some hookers and blow. That's all no he probably needed back way. in the day. Not him. No way. Anyway, he's already doing out. How do you uh, think he hit? Let's get ready to rumble so hard. Good vocal cords. <laughs> Let's get all right. I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> to DDP versus Hogan. Non-title match. I'm saying... Things you shouldn't say. 
probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's the wars after all. Isn't it kind of like what happens in wars stays in the wars, even if people are hearing it on the podcast? So bad. (laughs) It's so bad. This is where I come to cleanse my soul each week and tell you really (laughs) fuck up things about myself. Cheaper than a psychiatrist. I mean, I can look at you. Why do you think I do it? You look like it. You. Never mind. Yeah, your mother's an astronaut. (laughs) (laughs) My mom was too drunk to be an astronaut. (laughs) You want to hear about DDP versus Hogan, a non-title match? Nobody really wants to because you know what happens. We going to Sizzler. We're going to Sizzler. It's a DQ sting comes out and hits the death drop on a bunch of people. Hour three. Disco Scumbag versus Goldberg. TV title match. I didn't remember this either. Alex Wright attacks Goldberg on the ramp. Goldberg just drags him to the ring and hits the jackhammer. Uh, It's a spear and a jackhammer on Disco. Bell still hasn't rung. Mongo runs in and the officials break it up. Okay. I know. Was, as soon as I heard it was a TV title match, I was like, so he's winning the title? Yeah, I know, right? I don't remember him ever winning that championship. Oh, fucking Mongo. Yeah. Well, hopefully yeah I can't even lock up, according to Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Oh, well, Brett's been pretty vocal about Goldberg lately, so... Not that he's sour or anything. Lately, or you mean the last Lately. 20 years? Lately, like the last <laughs> couple months. Anyway. You ever hear the story about him, Starcade, a foot, a head? Yeah. Oh, it was a foot, all right. Yeah. It was a, a negligent foot. piece of shit fucking wrestler who doesn't like to be called bro. I see why you like the guy so much. I fucking... Which one? <laughs> well, which one do you think? Disco. Brett or Riddle? <laughs> Riddle? Fuck Goldberg. Yeah. Oh, okay, bro. He's a, I gotcha. He's an abscess to the wrestling society of how to wrestle. Okay. Is that the one that meets every other You need other more Thursday? than five moves. I'll put Kevin Nash in the same goddamn <laughs> fucking category. Yeah, right. But I'm saying... You suck. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm not going to disagree with you at all. All right. Then why are you giving me shit? I'm not. You're prolonging this fucking category. I, I, I'm i trying to move on. Hogan and Bischoff come I'm back to the ring. I'm waiting to move on. Hogan and Bischoff come out to the ring. They're talking. They're plugging Hogan's new movie, which comes out the next day, apparently. Bischoff calls out Sting and says, if you want Hogan, he'll be at the movie premiere. So apparently, commentary just pushes the rest of the night that... Tomorrow at the premiere of this movie, that's when Sting's going to sign the match with Hogan. Random, stupid, and a waste. Please tell me they showed you on the Peacock Network the movie trailer. I don't think so, no. Oh, dear shit. Oh, my gosh. This is why I'm on this show. Okay. (laughs) To watch the faded copy of DVD, DVD rips. He had the hair length and style of Shawn Michaels. I've seen it on the posters. This, yeah, it's bad. It was <laughs> ridiculous. And it was just. 
I don't need to go into depth as to how bad it was. I was just asking if you saw the trailer. I mean, Hulk Hogan movie trailer. There you go. Move on. Yeah, straight to TNT. What does that tell you? All right. Uh, Steiners versus pubic enemy. Steiners retain. Booker T versus Kurt Hennig for the U.S. <laughs> A title. movie that goes straight to DVD. Yep. Or straight to TNT. Speaking of the pubic enemy. Yep. Uh, yeah, Liz causes a distraction. Macho hits a fucking elbow drop. But then Flair comes out, goes after Hennig. It's a DQ. I can't believe these shows keep ending on DQs. Um, and then... Yeah. You sure you got a couple years in you? Flair versus Macho. There's a, they fight in the, they fight <laughs> in the crowd. tell me when you're done with the wars, my man, because yeah. it's only going to get uglier from oh, here. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, it, it's another DQ finish, two to end the show. So there you go. Uh, we'll go with Raw. I, I want to get through this all because I want to get to my favorite part. Nation comes to the ring, entering with Vince. It's all about racism. Vince keeps trying to change the subject. It's very defensive, which is great. Uh, they call it the Heart Foundation. Farouk issues a challenge to him for a match next week. Um, Brett says, okay, my brothers. I feel like he was trying to say it in like a nice way, like we're all brothers and sisters, but it just didn't come out that way. They accept. He says, listen, we come from a country where there is no racial prejudice. It, it was like he went into like... South Central. Like, yeah. he just went How is it an- going, my <laughs> fellow compatriots? <laughs> it was horrible. He's like, my brothers? <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, stop, 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 stop talking. Yep. Uh, he says, Wait, hey, how he's- did you put it that one time? You ever feel no, like... Don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... it's- <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a yeah. Callback. No, I, it's funny you say that because I thought the same thing. <laughs> it's what Brett was like. Uh, Brett tells him, "Hey, can't you see somebody's messing with you?" And he blames DX. Uh, DX shows up on the Tron, and Tron says, "How dare you, Grand Wizard?" Keeps calling Brett Jesus. the Grand Wizard. Triple H accuses the Heart Foundation of using the N word, which pisses off the nation. Nation runs down and jumps the Hearts real quick. So there you go. Yes, sir. Uh, are you understanding every reference? No, we talked about it last week because last week when it happened, remember they censored it from the Peacock version? Okay, but the Grand Wizard? Oh, yeah, the KKK. Okay, all right. I didn't understand if you understood it. And I was like, Jesus, dude. Like, they were, like, I, the N-word saying, oh, he was saying the N-word, but even hitting down on the wizard is, I was like, the Grand Wizard. I'm like, wow, man. It's a really fucked up segment, or just time period, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Yeah, you could just play like blatant racism, like it's funny, haha. <laughs> because you know a lot of the people out there were like, "Ah, it's funny." Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, as long as Ahmed's on his Prozac, it's fine. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> want to just skip everything and just go right to it, to be quite honest with you. But <laughs> gold, gold does versus Triple H. Triple H wins. Uh, another famous uh, DX click. It's uh, HBK was on commentary. After Triple H wins, he gets up on the commentary and he takes off the headphones. And he goes to you, Vince, JR, the whole WWF. Suck it. Vince gets all pissed off. Okay. Uh, next, the sounds, the intro sounds to this segment. 
Jim Cornette speaks, talks about the icon of wrestling, Hogan, Piper, Shawn Michaels, Brett, if he wasn't too busy crying, Macho. Shawn Michaels is the best in the ring, but he's an adolescent who goes home and cries when he doesn't get his way. Brett would have been screwed as much if he's... If Brett had been as screwed as much as he says, he would have struck gold by now. <laughs> if this was the greatest cage match ever, it was only the, the only the best cage match in the last three weeks since Hell in a Cell. If there is an icon... Oh, what did he say, Brett? He said, no, the, the cage match was so bad. They were winded so... They, they were winded so much throughout the beginning of the match, the first five rows got oxygen deprivation. <laughs> fucking phenomenal and that's when he's like wouldn't be so funny if it was true yeah exactly <laughs> uh if there's an icon taker flair and austin never claim to be an icon so they would be in the running hogan you're a household word so is garbage and it stinks when it gets old too <laughs> god that's such a good that's a closer that's fantastic that's fantastic any argument you ever want to say to someone that's a closer absolutely Absolutely. Uh, next, we get Owen versus Ahmed for the IC title. Uh, Ahmed crumples up the Canadian flag. Uh, that pisses off Owen, slaps him. They go back and forth. A nation's on the ramp, and naturally, Austin comes in and stuns Ahmed, so it's a DQ, just to make sure he gets that title shot against Owen. <sighs> next, we get Mankind in the ring with Jim Ross. Uh, they recap the assault on Dude Love by Kane. Um, yeah. Pretty much, he says he wants a match with Kane. Slaughter says, no, you're in unstable mental condition, and Kane's not rational. Can't approve or sanction a match. He says, well, I hate to hear you've been standing in between me and Kane, because in order to get to him, i got to do something bad to you. Hits uh, Slaughter with the mandible claw. Hour two, Shamrock versus Bret Hart for the WWF title. Uh, there's a ref bunk, ref bump. Shawn Michaels comes in, hits uh, chin music on... Brett, uh, Shamrock goes after Sean. We're on full-on maniac, maniac Shamrock right now, like literally just screaming every three seconds. <laughs> uh, and it, it gets broken up, and it's another it's another famous scene where Triple H and Rude and China are carrying Sean to the back, but Sean's still looking, kind of doing the fisticuffs thing, you know. So, and then uh, we get a promo backstage from Brett uh, on Sean Michaels. Sorry, I'm, I'm blowing through these. So I'm, I'm sure you'll jump in. There's no, on, honestly, it was one of those. God, it was. Maybe it's because maybe it's because we know where we're heading to when it comes to uh, a couple of weeks from now. But, yeah, it's kind of some of these things are more of like a writing on the wall and you just kind of blow through the motions of what they are. I don't right. think that you're blowing through them uh, through the detail too much. I'm with you on what you're saying. So next we get the new Blackjacks versus the New Age Outlaws. Still not called that. I'm just using that term to make it easier. Uh, the Outlaws are still kind of heel at this point, uh, saying they want to climb the ladder to get the tag titles. The Godwins interfere. Uh, the Outlaws break the Blackjacks hat. Headbangers run down, and they're hyping up the uh, four versus four at Survivor Series. It's coming up. Then out of nowhere, as if the segment didn't just happen, it's announced Mankind will get his match against Kane at Survivor Series. I guess fucking choking out Slaughter worked. Next, we get Kane and Bear for an in-ring promo. Not much to say. Uh, next, another famous D DX segment. Uh, it Go ahead. So are you saying, if I want something at work, my boss doesn't give it to me. If I choke him out, I can give it to any I need? No. Uh, quite the opposite. 
Well, at this point, they haven't said don't try this at home, so I'm going to keep it going. <laughs> okay, good luck with that. Uh, I can't bail you out. Uh, next, we get Flash Funk versus Mero Mero wins. Uh, I wonder how unhappy Mero really is at this time because he wears it on his face well. If that wasn't acting, then fuck. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like, were you like, all right, you know what? She is asking the D of other guys here in the back, and I'm just going <laughs> to take my money where I can. Or is he really just, they're like, you know what? Use that. Use that shit. Get upset out there on camera. Oh, no, I'm sure he was super pissed off that she was getting more attention than him. I'm, I mean, that's. I don't think that's really uh, undisputed at this point. It's been talked about. So what we're trying to say is, everybody, leave your spouse at home in your profession. Or be cool with having a sugar mama. What's wrong with that? I mean, really, think about it. Any one of us could have been Marrow. And what? Lesnar comes in, and you're like, yeah, just take her. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. I can look at you. I'd be the same fucking way. I'd be like, ah, no. Can I pull your car around for you, Mr. Lesnar? <laughs> for you and my ex. <laughs> <coughs> um, yeah, next we get an interview with Jeff Jarrett, basically recapping his prior run with the WWF. Basically, the, the summation of this interview is that both places suck for different reasons. So there's that. It was a very no-win situation kind of promo. Vince treated me like shit. Eric Bischoff treated me like shit. And I'm back. Uh, To take more shit. (laughs) It was weird. It was weird. Uh, We got our main event. Los Bariquas versus Legion of Doom for the tag titles. New Age Outlaws are at Main event in any pay-per-view anywhere. Yeah, pretty much, right? (coughs) Uh, New Age Outlaws won't uh, give any comments for JR. They just shoved the mic back to him. Uh, there's five minutes left in the show by the time LOD hits the ring. I ought to tell you something. Uh, let's see. The uh, New Age Outlaws grab Legion of Doom shoulder pads, put them on, start posing. Uh, the match ends where we see Road Dog uh, on the hard cam on the floor. Miguel Perez goes into the ropes, and his ass hits the back of Road Dog's head. Road Dog doesn't flinch one bit. Miguel Perez falls flat on his fucking face and Hawk pins him. That's one hell of a back of somebody's head, I guess. Just like we planned it. Yeah, I don't know. LOD chases the outlaws to the back. (coughs) Excuse me. Give me one second. I just got to clear my throat. throat) After LOD chases the outlaws to the back, we see Ahmed Johnson backstage. Calls out Austin. Mm Mm-hmm. You entered the zone. My zone. See, my zone is like an end zone. Rushing in there, you score. So you just scored on me. So now it's my turn to score on you. So Monday night, look out, because I'm coming to get you. I'm Yo, I absolutely miss you doing your impressions because if you did not watch that exact promo, oh my god, it's pretty fucking spot on. I'm gonna get you. I'm coming. I'm in the zone, oh. the auto zone. I went to this DC Discovery zone. 
where I could act it all on my own. And then when I come to you, Steve Austin, yo, it was really, no. really bad and really, really awesome. He but the way have... you just did it made it a really awesome promo. He must have been out of Prozac. <laughs> I think he had a pack of Prozac on one sniff and was like, take one. We got it. Let's go. They're like, you sure? Like, this is 4 p.m. No, no, no. We're good. We got this. Just air this tonight at 10 o'clock. Horrible. Yeah, I like a good Prozac, Ahmed. It was something. <laughs> well, we fucking got it. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Sometimes you get good. Sometimes you get bad. And that is the excellent transition for our top topic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... Ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order, based off the professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. ODM, are you ready? I have one clarification question. Oh, God damn it! you always do. Yeah, I know. I have to make things more difficult than they actually are. Uh, so, best and worst, good and bad. Uh, are we doing long-term where they ended up, their run, or just their initial call-up? We're going to call their call up into what they've done. Um, so, yeah, no more more of an overall was the call up worth it T to the B. end of the day. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Sounds dirty, but I'm with you. All right. We're going to go all the way back to the real NXT. So, we're not going to talk about the ones where they did their uh, like residency. It was like a. It, well, yeah, what what was the first part where they all did, like, uh, military oh, like runs tough through shit. tires oh. and all that shit? Yeah, thank I gotcha. you. Okay, I gotcha. Okay. Look it, I think 2012 is going to speak for itself, but that's where we begin. 2012, The Shield in November. I think, you know, when we're talking either positive or negative. Best or worst when it calls when it comes to the call ups. Come on, all three, give it to them. And then, as Mar- well market as three or market is one. Well, market is three. It's no, three all three. We'll yeah. give them as three. Yep. 
Don't okay. be cheap. <laughs> uh, and then also that year you did have Big E. Long run. Yeah. Phenomenal. Okay. Well, hang on. Not every year is going to be as great as that one. Here we go. In the beginning of 2013, you had Fandango and Summer Rae. You remember Fandango beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. The best thing to come out of it was the... And some shitty dancing by Summer Rae. So, I'm going to go ahead and say negative, too, on that one. Yep. Curtis Axel. Aquel. <laughs> Aquel Foley! Um, no. Curtis Axel, I think, had great promise. They put him with Paul Heyman and then got stuck in the B team and all that other bullshit. Nothing good for him overall. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, negative on that one. I say I'm with you because you put a thumbs down. I'm with it's you. a vocal podcast. I'm not sure if you know that you need to. Yeah, not everything needs loud. to be said, dick. Okay. Uh, the Wyatt family. So all in one in 2013, we had Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, and Eric Rowan show up. I mean, I would say all three overall longevity. Okay. I'm going to give them positive. All right. Rowan is probably the one where you're like, eh. Yeah, yeah. But you did have the Bludgeon Brothers. You had the weird <laughs> spider routine. Whatever. He was there. Yeah, that's the He did do some column. stuff. But I'll leave it in the good. Oh, well. I'll leave it all in the right. good. I'll leave it in the good. All right, give it a .01 goes to the negative. No. And then f- capping off 2013, Xavier Woods. I mean... You, the New Day stuff alone, you got Total positive. Yeah. Yeah. What's crazy is that he began the New Day. Do you remember when he? everyone was like, oh, my God, it's a new nation of domination. Three black men, it's what they're doing. Right. Jesus Christ, give it a minute. Let let them see what they're going to yeah. do here. And they came out with the power of positivity, and everybody's like, well, it has nothing to do with black. No shit. They didn't have to go to the nation. It was, it was really weird that that's what – because – I got you. WWE. Yeah. All right. 2014. Emma. No, no, no. Not Emmalina. It was the first one. I Emma. And then the night after WrestleMania 30, we had Paige and Rusev and Lana, followed by Adam Rose, Bo Dallas, and The Ascension. So, Paige probably the biggest kickoff when it comes to women in the revolutionary era when it comes to redefining what women's wrestling could be on WWE television because at this point we were seeing it on NXT but not the big screen the anti diva page coming up was a, a big thing um i don't know win lose or draw i'll say she's a positive yeah, me personally know. Rusev and Lana, their first year was probably their best. It was unbeatable, undefeated, U.S. champion. You came in like Drago and his wife at Rocky IV to WrestleMania 31, and 
lost to Cena, and then it all went downhill. I mean, he I, I may have half mentioned it earlier, but he lost in 10 seconds to Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Yeah. If that gives you anything as to where he went. But a call-up from NXT to give you a character, a wrestler, a contender, I don't think that Rusev and Lana are in the negative. I think that they are more in the positive altogether. Good. Me too. Do you agree? Yep. All right. Good there. Adam Rose, goddamn failure, unfortunately. The I think that, I think Leo Ro- Kruger. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Fuck the Rosebuds. Oh, oh okay. Negative. Uh, all the Rosebuds. Well, you had a lot of funny Rosebuds in there. You had Braun Strowman, Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan. There's a lot of them involved, but that that's not their original call-up. I liked Adam Rose. Don't be a lemon. Be a Rosebud. Well, don't be unemployed. Have a job. Bo Dallas. I liked better in NXT than I liked him in WWE. Mm-hmm. The believe everything that he was as an NXT champion before dropping it to Neville. I loved coming into WWE. He fell short to anything that his brother was, which is Bray Wyatt. Mm -hmm. Why they never paired him together still to me is, is crazy. Maybe they still will, but again, beyond me, why they haven't. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say Rose and Dallas and the following tag team, the Ascension, all negative. The best thing I ever saw out of the Ascension wasn't them tag teaming with Stardust. No, no, no. It was when Finn Balor showed up tagging with, I want to say, either Neville or Hideo Itami. Against the Ascension, but Finn Balor showed up in all of his demon. paint. Nice. Yeah, the demon version. And the the Ascension was like, what the fuck? The look on, the look on their face at TakeOver was really great. Where did Emma fall? But for the most part, they did nothing great. Where did Emma fall? Now, I don't remember you saying anything about Emma. I mean, Jesus. Did I need to oh, fucking okay. really give you the answer? Go I ahead. I fucking just wanted to check. I want to... Fucking presume. She had about that much credibility in the business as that boy. Now, what I want you to know is that each year as you're starting to pay attention, more and more names are going to start to rack up. (laughs) It's like not more is better. Let's just put it there. In 2015, Kalisto. I want to give you the chance to open on this one. Botchy, botch, botch, botch. Ended up being three different guys under the mask. Fuck them. Nowhere. All right. Then we had Adrian Neville, who was dropped to just Neville. They put him in the cruiserweight division. I don't think you did the best you could with Neville. I think you're 0 for 2 so far in 2015. Really? Um, As much as I like Neville and who he is. Sure. He didn't get to be who he was until he went back onto the indie market. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Kevin Owens comes in to challenge John Cena. Now, a couple of weeks before that, we did see Sami Zayn blow his fucking shoulder out against his entrance theme. But then Kevin Owens ends up 
facing John Cena in a a fucking trilogy, man. They end up having Money in the Bank, uh, Payback, and one other. I I can't remember. Extreme Rules, maybe. And probably one of the better call-ups. And it's crazy because Owens admitted that he was told by Vince McMahon, you will never see the main roster. So... Out of Kalisto, Neville, and then Owens, I think Owens beats the piss out of both of those guys, and that's why I put Neville into the the negative column, oh, if you know, or the worst. And then in one night in the summer, what you thought would be huge in bringing up all four of the horsewomen, they said, well, Bailey, you're not ready, but we're going to bring up Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks. And they end up having a whatever tag team that they have with each other heading into SummerSlam, Bailey spends an entire year still on the NXT brand, but Sasha just dropped the title to her. So, you know, not everybody can go up all at once. You need someone to stay behind. It's nothing against Bailey, I don't think, because when you look at it nowadays, out of all four people, to me, Bailey is probably still the strongest out of all four of them sure. when it comes to being on TV. So Up nothing there. wrong with staying behind a bit. Shucky ducky, quacky ducky, bucky. Um, <laughs> right. uh, Braun Strowman did show up later in the year to join the Wyatt family. And then Tyler Breeze hopped on to the main brand. All right, Braun Strowman, I'll, I'll give him the positive. Yeah. When it comes to all three women, I guess you can't go wrong with giving Sasha Flair and Lynch all their, their dues. Tyler Breeze? No, just never clicked. Nothing on the main brand made anybody want to stick to watching Tyler Breeze, Breeze Dango, or any of it they had to follow along. Right. Yeah, Breeze Dango I enjoyed. But it was another one of those things where they had no end in sight. They just started doing it because it was funny the first time and got a pop. But, I mean, yep. that's that you know means nothing in the long term. So, yeah, definitely a negative. Uh, so we're going to head into 2016. You got Sami Zayn, which he comes in leaving NXT because Kevin Owens is your champion and he hits to the main roster, still dips back into the... NXT roster to face Nakamura one more time before I had now. And look at, I I mean, from 2016 to 2022, a consistent guy, he's a positive, no yeah, matter uh, how you look at it. Yeah, I don't think that needs to be, uh, you know, uh, spelled out, right? That's, that's a, that's a well, the next one done. does. <laughs> the next one is even Marie. What's funny is that this came up as a, a an NXT call-up. I'm like, I thought she was on here before that. She was. Yeah. But... Then she went to NXT to... How weird is it that you can hit a main roster spurt? Suck so bad, they're like, we're going to fire you. You come back, you go to NXT, you go to the main roster, and still suck again. You know what? Put her down for negative two. (laughs) So after that was (laughs) um, Baron Corbin, which to me, I will never ever forget, was you messaging me, WrestleMania 32, who the fuck is Baron Corbin? Because he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle yep. Royal. Ugh, one of those guys, I got to say, I, he's consistent. And yeah, I can't you got to put him, him in a positive. He's a company guy. He fucking works. 
I'm there. Two guys have followed up behind him. Now, listen to this. This was all in the same night. Are you ready? In the same night, we had Enzo and Cass, the Vaudevillains, Dana Brooke, Apollo Crews, and Mojo Rawley all in the same night I post think, I think Carmella WrestleMania was there too. 33. Who? Carmella. Because she was with Enzo and Cass. Oh, you're right. I'm pretty 100%. sure she was there. Thank you. So, right after WrestleMania, uh, not 32. Uh, I'm sorry, it was 32. Yeah. So, let's go down the line. Enzo and Cass, neither of them ever made anything on their main roster run that was worth a dime. Nope. That's a negative, too. Vaude Villains, look at, I'm a Simon Gotch fan because he hated Enzo. That's the best part. But... For Went the other guy, it, it, what was it? Um, Adrian? Aiden English. Aiden English. He did his term on commentary, but not enough to no. make an impact. Apollo Crews did so well that he is recently in NXT again now. So we're <laughs> going to go ahead and put that as a negative. Dana Brooke has been chasing the 24-7 title around just like our truth so we're going to call that a loss. Mojo Raleigh, <laughs> uh, we might as well say, well, if what's his name? Gronk isn't there, Mojo isn't there. Yeah. So there we are. That's a lot of shit. Then we followed up with Nia Jax in the same year, which I got to say had a decent career. Yeah. Not the absolute best, but I think predominantly a strong showcase when it came to being on the brand. Yo, she's the one that broke Becky Lynch's nose. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and throw her in positive, not because she broke the nose, but like, (laughs) it's easy. Listen, I think you could just as easily make a case that she was not good. But totally. I but I agree with what you're saying. She goes in the good column. You know, which is funny because Cornette the other day said Athena, which is the former Ember Moon. Ah, she she needs to you know, chill the fuck out and get out of the business for a while or whatever, because it seemed like she went too hard in a yeah. match or too stiff. And everybody's like, no, those were solid work. Shots that just landed as did. Nothing was wrong. No one was upset. Whatever. And, you know, some people get labeled the wrong way. Sure. I think the moment that Nia Jax broke Becky Lynch's nose, she was 100% considered an unsafe worker. And that's why they're like, yo, would you like to be in the men's Royal Rumble and face Dean Ambrose? You know what? Nah, fuck that. I'm taking her off. I'm putting her on the bad side. See, you just, <laughs> see, you just made me think of something, dude. You just made me oh think of Oh, my God, I just talked because, it all out of because, it. Because she wasn't... That's not the case. It's not like she broke Becky's nose and all of a sudden she got labeled. Bullshit. She had already hurt like a dozen people a dozen times prior to that. So fuck all that noise. She goes in the bad column. Fair enough. <laughs> so, um... After that, we do get uh, American Alpha, Bailey, which, all right, American Alpha and Bailey, well, let's give them two out of three. Wait a minute. Jason Jordan, fuck it. You can't do, unfortunately, anything that happened to him, but I also don't want to take that it was a shit call-up 
Mm. I'm actually going to give three out of three. Bailey and American Alpha together. Just give one for the good guy. You just took it away from Naya. Okay. Um, Rich Swan. Well, he's in Impact Wrestling, so you can throw him in the negative. Austin Aries smiled the fucking camera when he was like, I hate every bit of my life. When losing to Neville at, I think it was Payback or Extreme Rules, whichever one it was, where the camera zoomed in and Austin Aries is just like, hey, <laughs> I wish I had a gun in my mouth. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we should be zooming in on him. So, uh, so all right, so Aries in the bad section, I'm guessing. That would be a... Aries and Swan, 100% in the bad section. So both did you did you reorder this, or did I miss something? Because we didn't talk about Balor, Bliss, or Carmella. Wait, you are 100... Wait, hang on. I skipped Carmella because she went in with Enzo. Um, Alexa Bliss and Finn Balor, you are 100% right. You know, I would have... Huh, man, a year ago, two years ago, I would have said Finn Balor was a, a negative... On the, the main brand. And then he came back. He had injuries. This, that. But where he's at now with Judgment Day, I'm liking it. So I'm going to give him positive. As far as Alexa Bliss, uh, she's been a 50-50 person since day one. But at the same point, compelling as a character that no matter what she's doing, people are like, well, it's Alexa Bliss. I'm going to watch her. So, guess what? Positive. Sounds good. Good call. Thanks for coming back. And and I have one in here that's not listed, but I'll, I'll remember to bring it in. 2017. Samoa Joe. Now, that is a topical one. Look at He was in an IC title picture, a U.S. title picture, Faced off against AJ Styles and his wife. Uh, faced off against Kofi Kingston. Even at a great match against Brock Lesnar, one mm-hmm. of the best promos with Heyman. I can't say his time was wasted in WWE. Do I think it was the best or worst call-up? I don't think it's going to go in the worst column. I would say I'm going to give him in the positive, personally. Agreed. However... The following tag team, The Revival, as much as I could do everything I can to say I wanted them to, they had a couple of years, and, well, there was this, and there was this. Nope, there was nothing. It was it was fucking Ben Gay and tripping and bullshit. Shaving your back. The Revival, yeah, it was horrible. Poor guys, two of them, unfortunately, negative column. Their NXT and AEW careers, side by side, Amazing. Never act like WWE ever happened if I was both of them. Uh, Then we had Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10, which we know now is Sean Spears. Dog shit. That went downwards. Nothing good ever happened out of that. It was the only good thing that happened out out of that Royal Rumble because he came in at number 10. That was his moment. And they were like, oh, fuck, what do we do now with him? Oh, that was it. We busted our nut on the 10. Terrible, oh, terrible. shit. And then, unfortunately, Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode followed up. I'm going to go ahead and just... I We got to put Bobby as a negative. I don't care how you look at it. Bobby... 100%. Oh, God. Unfortunately, 
I think he had better potential hanging in NXT a little longer. Yep. Yeah, they rushed that Nakamura. Oh, my God. Nakamura got watered down the moment he got into WWE or NXT at all, but... What are your thoughts? I mean, I mean, I think he's lose. had a successful run. He's been, you know, he's had shots at the title. He's held the IC title. It's not what we want, but has he not been successful? I think he has been successful. So, okay, I'm gonna let you take that one. In 2018, Andrade and Zelina. After Andrade dropped his title, him and Zelina came up. I don't think they ever made anything of themselves. No. Even still to this date, fine. She was your queen of the ring. I'm so going to go meh on both of them. <laughs> AOP. Nope. Enough said. Throw him in. Elias. Well. Over is shit. Yeah. The problem is no consistency with the storyline but i will give him the yeah. positive of the uh the fans and whatever shitty storyline he makes worth it so uh i'm looking at your list here i think every one of these next ones is a negative <laughs> it is well minus the last one maybe okay so ember moon we'll the now one. athena I remember Ember Moon showing up. She was the tag partner of Nia Jax on Raw the night after WrestleMania. The Iconics, well, they went to Impact and now quit wrestling. Leo Rush, who's on his 47th retirement party. No shit. No way. Jose, no way. Wrestling guy. I don't even know where he is. Does he even do anything anymore? I think he's down in, uh, his, uh, isn't he, uh, his parents have a wrestling, his dad has a wrestling promotion in Puerto Rico? Or the Colognes do? Oh, wow, that's horrible. That. Okay. And then you got Sanity, Eric Young, who's now back in Impact Wrestling under the, uh, I think it's like the Ultra Violence crew or something like that. It was like a, a, a big violent crew or whatever, him and a couple of guys. Um, Killian Dane, who he went back to the UK as well as Alexander Wolf, who same thing. And Nikki Cross, who is now your Nikki hey. Ashhole. Yeah, seriously. I, to I mean, me, Nikki met her absolute match, her peak moment to me when she got in Becky Lynch's face. Mm. I'll wrestle you, Becky. Yeah, you want to fight with Nikki? Yeah, fight with Nikki. Oh, not that I didn't. They like made her, her look so fucking awesome and hardcore and crazy. Next week, they were like, "Okay, we're gonna have you lose to Carmella." How do you feel about that? Yeah. So Nikki, yeah, the rest, all of them, put them out, put them out. Now, 2019, they started playing around and bringing guys who were supposed to be in the NXT main event and decided to still keep them in the raw picture as well in the mid card. So you play around both, both Alistair black and ricochet were on both brands by WrestleMania 35. They were pulling double duty. Yep. And it did no better for either one of them. Okay. Alistair went to AEW done negative one. 
Ricochet is still there. He's still on your main roster. Uh, he's I'm playing. Give he's him got one. a part. I'll give him the positive. Yeah, he's like a Baron yeah. Corbin kind of thing. Yep. EC3. Yep. Uh, he's got his own control your own narrative thing. Uh, actually, his his interaction with John Moxley. What happened to EC1 and 2? Well, there you go. There's all your credibility. You're out. You're gone. <laughs> Heavy Machinery was that Tucker and Otis. Yeah. Which Tucker's Ducky! gone. Yep. And Otis is still hanging with Chad Gable. Yeah. So we're going to give them a 1 out of 2. Oh, really? Okay. Otis is still there. I mean, one money in the bank. Carrie Sane, she had a great tag team with Asuka for the bit. Uh, when they were uh, Kubaki Warriors or whatever they Kabuki were. Kabuki Warriors? Kabuki Warriors, thank you. Um, the next two. I w- <laughs> 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 oh, shit. The Kubak. All right. I got it. I got it. I got it. Say it again. I'm not. We're moving on. That just got weird. All right. Throw two more in the negative column. Lacey Evans and Lars Sullivan. One because they can't wrestle. One because, well, he's just apparently a piece of shit. The Kabu Babu Kaki. All right. And in 2020, in 2020, did you know that Chelsea Green actually worked for WWE? No. Neither did I. But don't worry, she was let go in 2020 as well. Uh, but she was brought up, as was Dabacado. Uh He was the guy that I think helped out Apollo Crews at that one WrestleMania that one time. Uh, I think that, you're right. That's it. Uh, Riddick Moss, who is now Madcap Moss. So, all right, let's back up here. Chelsea Green, negative. Dabocado, Andalado, out. And then Madcap Moss, uh, he's there. He hasn't done anything for me, but I'm going to let him have a positive. But the first two, negative. I'll get down with that one. The next three, if they had a better leader. Uh, Jackson Riker, Stephen Cutler, and Wesley Blake. Minus well, three. as soon as they were all called up to the main roster, Jackson Riker was like, I would like to tell you guys about my feelings about the Black Lives Matter movement. And WWE is like, we would like to tell you about our expressing of you are no longer working for us and we wish you nothing but the worst of your future endeavored. Jesus Christ. The dude, like, come on. All you had to do is just keep your mouth shut. He went to Twitter and lost three jobs between him and his buddies. Yeah, I think we can go minus three on that. Yeah, I can go negative. I'm going to go negative. Don't worry. There's more on the way. Oh, almost. Man. I'm going to give almost a negative. I know right now, all right, he was a tag team champion with AJ Styles, and then he did nothing. And now he's coming back to face Braun Strowman. That's nothing. To me, almost is still a failure. Angel Garcia. I mean, he was like a tag team champion, I feel like, for a minute or something, right? Like, it was him and Street Profits or the Private Profits going back and forth for a couple yeah, of minutes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's a negative to me. 
Well, guess what? If you went, uh, I don't know. All right, it's a negative. <laughs> so here's where it gets fun. Retribution. Just start tailing in the negative. Mia Yim, Shane Thorne, Mercedes Martinez, and Dominic Dijakovic. It was T-Boz, left eye, left dick. I forgot slap what nuts. we decided. Slap nuts. Horrible, horrible setup. They're all in the negative. After that, Keith Lee, while well, he became a bear cat, let's get him out of the way. Bear claw. <laughs> <laughs> Two, I will give you in the positive. That closed out 2020, which was Matt Riddle and Bianca Belair. Absolutely. Both of them have not let you down on TV. Minus the time that Matt Riddle was having that conversation with Oscar, And he goes, <laughs> I forgot my lines. I'm going to fuck off now. I'll see you. All right, here we go. 2021. Aaliyah. Don't know who she is. I'm going to go ahead and say negative. Ridge Holland. To me, he's in the Brawling Brutes. Having a decent run. I'm going to give him what he can. I'm going to give him that since it's only one year in. You have it. Carrying Cross. Uh, no. Look at it. I'm going to go negative. Even all the way to right now. Because his call up was against Jeff okay. Hardy. Fair he came out looking like uh, a yeah. shitty version of the Executioner or mm-hmm. a Gladiator. Fair enough. And each match was two minutes long. You could turn yourself around, but you haven't. Um. Austin Theory, look, you can't you can't shit on it. He's been on TV weekly, whether you like him or not, and still your money in the bank contract winner within this last year, he's in there. Zia Lee, who is she? Hit row, they gotta go. I don't know how many is in hit row. Three, four, three. That's how I'm marking. Okay. It, so. Give us a good idea. Pete Dunn, which we're going to call Butch. I'm going to give him a positive. Yeah. Not what I wanted to see, but he's definitely getting pushed, and he's in a good spot with Sheamus. Totally. And the final one, if Rick Boogs. Look yeah. at If you didn't blow your knee out at WrestleMania, just lifting a guy up in the air, I probably would have had a better option for you, but I'm going to put you into the negative. So, ladies and gentlemen, ODM is going to let us. Is NXT's call-up system worth it or is it not it's we have positive we have negatives ladies and gentlemen odm what is it twice as bad as it is good we have 63 in the bad column 35 in the good column i'm not shocked (laughs) i know right oh my god that's oh this is a really sad fucking top topic that's not what i expected (laughs) i was i mean like i kind of expected it to be bad but I also didn't want to feel as depressed as we did when it comes to what NXT was. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But, I mean, hey, you got some shining stars out of it. Fair enough. A lot of it was well, a lot of it was COVID. A lot of it was old Vince. So, you know, it could be improved a lot easier. We'll see where it goes since uh, old Trips is in charge now. Trips. But next week, we come back with not only... More of the Monday Night Wars, more news, more wrestling. We even got a movie of the week next week, and this one is what I would say I think is one of ODM's favorite wrestling documentaries of all time when it comes to uh, pro wrestling. 
We, we've talked about oh hell yeah this I think a couple of times. We'll give a couple of uh, we've gave teasers talking about it before, but this one is easily one of the realest documentaries that they have out there for sure. And I gotta say, I'm the professor. I bid you farewell, ODM. It's season five. Hit him up with five words. Not the Bukaki Warriors, Mark. <laughs> that was the word I was trying to say. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, The Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Yo, the fucking Oost taking a deuce over here and making us late. And then he's like, ha, 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 I'm not ready. Yeah, kid with special needs, mm-hmm. but the the movie is just fucking fantastic, and the fact that it's all based around him and wrestling, I'm like, yeah, it's dope. I didn't want to watch it that night. They were like, we well, just watch it. <laughs> wait a minute, what I'm did like, you say? Ha-ha. Wait, wait, what's it about? Wrestling. No, 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 no. Who's the main character? You said. No, I said there was a guy with special needs in it. Wait a minute, when the fuck did they make a movie about Tiger? <laughs> <laughs> it's going deep. Or take it deep or deep in my ass I'm, podcast. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> it's, probably how, it's probably the basis on which he picks his swords by. Here's your knife. Sword. Whatever. <laughs> Looks like two after a concussion. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Holy shit. That's what his gang sign is. <laughs> side half like a vagina but it looks like two hundred fuck fuck, fuck. <laughs>
Yo, we haven't even got started. We haven't even really gone in. Unless we just think we're already going. I'm not sure. Fuck it. That was good. <laughs>